We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, welcome to the GSPN Mega Milwaukee Bucks Free Agency Preview Podcast. The Bucks have several of their own free agents who are potentially hitting free agency. Plus, of course, there are dozens and dozens of players around the league. So let's talk about the Bucks' entire free agency outlook. I am Ty Windish, joined as always by Rohan Kadi of the Eurostep Plus Adam McGee and Jordan Trusky of the Win in Six podcast. Fellas, how is it going? It's kind of hazy, Ty. It is a little hazy. Not not for you, Adam. No, clear skies. Clear yeah. skies here. Yeah, here in here in Wisconsin, we're just we're dealing with the we're dealing with the smoky air due to the Canada wildfires. So make sure, make sure you guys uh all stay safe. Make sure you like, you know, mask up if you go outside good it's like a matt barnes um steven jackson podcast it's all the <laughs> smoke out there jordan your life is like entirely smoke right now yeah it is. Work. it's actually yeah. better it's better to breathe in a smoker than it is walking around walkie that is a thought i had today multiple times there's gonna be uh it's gonna be some folks who think jordan indulges in a certain recreational activity now <laughs> no let's, let's let him dream or, or not Bucks free agency. So we're going to start with Milwaukee's own free agents. There's like six or seven of them. There's like five of them that I think are actually, maybe six of them that are actually important players on the team that we can discuss and we will. Start with the most obvious one and one that I think actually paradoxically maybe won't take a while to discuss because it seems like all the reports are on the same page. 
I think we're all going to be on the same page too. Chris Middleton opts out, kind of silently opts out, like kind of opts out by omission of his player option for next year, worth $40 million. And we all thought, the reporting all seems to be, that is so he could sign a contract with a, a lesser annual value, but more guaranteed dollars. I believe the number we've seen this is from Mike Scotto at Hoops Hype was four years, 130 million ish. So that's what I've been kind of penciling in as a base point. Of course, we'll see what it actually ends up being, but it does seem like the Bucks are going to retain Chris, as we've discussed every time Chris has come up for the last X years. They won't have cap space. Chris is a great player since, as we've discussed over the last two years almost now, led them to a championship as their main ball handler and pick and roll actions. A great player to bring back, especially if he is willing to take a little less each year to help the Bucks dodge the second apron. I mean, who wants to jump in? What else is there to say about Chris Middleton's free agency here? Retain talent because you can't replace it. If something unexpected happens here or with the next guy we'll talk about, Bucks are in big trouble. Uh, the window that we've been dealing with might be, it wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be closed, but it'd be pretty damn close to it. So it's as simple as you got to keep Chris. You've you've no other option. We'll see what happens down the line with Chris over the course of his contract. But yeah, you've got to you've got to do all that you can to bring him back because otherwise you are you're guaranteed to be worse. There's there isn't a path to oh well we'll let him go and we'll replace him with a player who's even like two thirds of the player, half the player. You just you're. Do you want the vet man and Chris Middleton slot, or do you want Chris Middleton? That's pretty much where we're at here. Yeah. I Every time there's a big uh, free agency decision that Chris Middleton has to make, it's always about the Bucks. Um, or what is he going to Is he going to leave? Is he going to want big money and all this stuff? And he, the Bucks have paid him handsomely over the course of his career. Um they he's also taken on team friendly deals back in 2015 when he signed originally, re-signed originally, and then obviously I know he, it was near the max, it wasn't a full max, but still very big money that his you know he's out of his deal right now. But all the noise about oh, is he gonna go to this place? Is or you know, any insert team with that that has a lot of cap space during the summer that he's a free agent, could they per- perhaps, you know, lure him away? And it's all just external noise. That's that's kind of where we're at with Chris. And I, again, would be incredibly shocked if all the reporting that we're hearing from multiple outlets, Hoops Hype, Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports had an update today that all signs are pointing to Chris coming back to Milwaukee. I, I just think it's always, it has and will be the most likely option. Um, on that front. Also, like he was in on the head coaching interviews. Like it, it, we know, yeah, we know that it's deal. not like he's, uh, his, I guess, I don't know. Input isn't being valued too. Because yeah. He, for all the talk about Giannis, he's still, you know, Chris is still being accounted for in these huge decisions. Yeah. Um, so definitely not concerned. And, and just quickly, the cat nerd thing, Bucks have full bird rights on Chris, so they can pay him more than anyone. They can give him one extra year than anyone else. You know, they, they can't get outbid. I mean, could you say, you know, could someone give more than the Bucks would feel comfortable paying Chris with the second apron? 
potentially. There's like six teams with cap space. Again, though, it seems like he's not really testing the waters, although he is hitting free agency, more that he's declining that option so he can negotiate a different deal. So uh, we're all aligned there. They also have bird rights on Brooke Lopez. And I want to throw to Adam first because I've actually talked about this with Jordan on our pod after the draft with Rohan earlier this week. Adam, have not gotten to talk to you, I think, in a while about the big fella. You know, again, I think we're all going to be pretty aligned here, but there is more smoke about Brooke going elsewhere. What are not just your thoughts on what the Bucks should do? There's a nice little acting by Jordan if you're watching on YouTube right now. Uh, but what the Bucks will do and what Brooke will do this offseason. Well, what do you think I'm going to say about what the books should do here? Um, look, it's again, I, I, this is the concern I have at this point heading into the next few days because it does seem like the smoke is real. And if he gets a big offer and an offer that's really challenging for the books based on whatever the structure of Chris's deal ends up being, like that number you put out there, four years, 130 million that Mike Scotto might be mentioning. Like in an ideal world, the books would want to front load a Middleton deal to give them more wiggle room, maybe beyond that, but you might have to backload it depending what Brooks' number is. Like we we could actually see that go one way or the other and then be forced into a spot that isn't necessarily ideal and planning for the future. But <laughs> is there even a future if your kind of present Peter's out, you don't have a way to get back to the level you're at? for the next couple of seasons. So I would say I'm concerned. I don't know if Brooke has any real desire. Like it's very, it's very tough to get a read on him because it's not the kind of talking that he generally does and lays it out. He certainly seems to have loved his time with the books, loved being on a competitive team and have been the best years of his career, I think, in terms of what he will ultimately be remembered for, even though his legacy has been kind of carved out in New Jersey slash Brooklyn based on what he did there as a scorer. It's tough because part of this also is the Adrian Griffin of it all and what kind of discussions might have been had or will be had on how is Brooks' role viewed or what is the system going to be? There could be more money on the table from elsewhere and he could also be kind of presented with a vision of what the new iteration of the books are going to be that isn't going to fit his skill set as well or maybe just work as well for him at his age. I don't know. That's all very tough. I think the books have to be very careful about it because, again, I think this is as simple as if you lose Brook Lopez, uh, I don't know if the books are the kind of team they need to be. Um, that's kind of detached from whether the best version of the books is one that is reliant on Brooke Lopez or playing drop or anything like that. This is about pure talent. Um, they they didn't have enough talent ultimately, one way or another, last year to get the job done. They'd be getting significantly worse. And in an area of the roster where I think they are at their weakest, and I've... I hate to drone on about this because I've been doing it for years. Uh, maybe at a time it was close to concern trolling, but now like this is the situation. It's real. The books have kind of let this sneak up on them, sneak up on them, sneak up on them. And it feels like they're at a place where, I don't know, we could maybe talk, or not on this pod, although maybe these kind of things could happen in the next while like we talk about well what's Bobby's future how does that factor into or where the books might be at on Bobby at this point versus where they were in the past but I think 
the reality of it and with a new coach coming in is this is an area of the roster where things are very much in flux. There's not going to be an easy fix to get it to where it needs to be. And if you were to lose Brooke, I don't know. I just think that's too big of a gap for them to be able to plug with basically what's at their disposal. It might it might require much more radical roster moves, uh, which again re- applies to Chris as well. But Brooke is the one where, as you said, significant smoke. We'll see. Maybe it is. I know, Ty, you have been on this block for a while and speculated just the Rockets are like this kind of boogeyman figure. That Jordan's block. It's Jordan's is it Jordan's block? Jordan's more confident in that take than, than I think anyone. I'm taking it from Jordan. I think that's true, but Brooke that's might be the true, guy they actually want. Five players in today's <laughs> but, Jake Fisher piece. But that's... I mean, See, more. that's every agent can jump on it, but one of those guys is going to be real. And it, it oh, might just be Brooke, um, because he does kind of make a lot of sense, even in terms of where they're at on their own roster and where they might like an older veteran center for a couple of years to help with development, to really shape something. Um, a leader, a kind of a proven winner at this point, a good personality. Like I can, I can see why it makes sense for them. I don't know about how it would feel for Brooke. I wonder also if there's something interesting to, like, he could talk with his with his brother Robin about these kind of moves and about what is it like at this point in your career to go from one extreme of being, okay, I'm trying to be on playoff teams or contending teams, to then I'm getting paid handsomely to kind of be the adult in the room here. Robin seems to have embraced that. I don't know, but again, they're they're hard guys did, to get a real read on that. Did I don't Robin have I, the other choice? No, not to this extent. So maybe talk to Al Horford about it because I think it's pretty clear where he fell on on the spectrum of get paid to be the adult on the room versus for, being an actual for victim. sure. But Brooke can Brooke can ask Robin, okay, you're on the books. And then you ended up right back in kind of situation he'd been in for a lot of his career it's like what what is that like you had that one year where the goals are very different is that something where it's like oh great this is what it is now maybe like maybe personality wise those two guys are actually fine with that um i don't know i just it definitely it definitely scares me at this point because i think if they lose him i don't know i really (laughs) i don't want to be too down on it but i I don't see the clear and obvious path to the Bucks being the team they need to be in the next two, three years. And it would be pretty catastrophic. And part of that is because they probably should have got ahead of this. And if there was a succession plan or an evolution even in place of what the roster was going to look like when this kind of day comes, that would have been one thing. I guess they probably also weren't accounting for Brooke putting in one of his best seasons of his career at this point. And that might have even slowed down kind of where they were at in this top process coming off the injury. You wouldn't be thinking, okay, well, fast forward 12 months, this guy could get major offers from elsewhere that one are going to be a problem for us price wise. And yeah, I will see. I, I don't feel great about it. I'd like to think that he's going to stick around, but the books could be such a different proposition for him under Adrian Griffin that there could be more to that already that he knows that would have him inclined to listen more keenly to options elsewhere too. 
What do we think the Rockets offer him as a max? Like, what, what, if you're if you're Houston, what are you what are you giving to Brooke Lopez at this stage of his career? It's going to be short. I'll tell you that because they have what eight players on rookie contracts right now. Like, I don't think they're going to give him four years unless it's steeply declining. You think I, like two years, maybe like I don't know, like sixty 50, million, sixty. Does does Brooke want four years anyway? Is also like wow. if he could get a really rich two years, he's he's already thirty five. Um, that that might be kind of yeah. You know what? I don't need four years at a you know if they if they can give him sixty million in over two to three years versus if that's the books being like here we'll give you four years. He might just be inclined. Okay. Money's the same. It's actually, you know, in Texas, he'll make out better with that side of the deal too. And I don't want to play that long. I don't want to be 39. I don't know. It's it's a really tough spot. The books also, I mean, in an ideal world, you're not giving any of these guys contracts beyond when Giannis could be gone. That is not the world that we're living in. They're going to have to give Chris years. Simple as. If Brooke wants years, they'll have to do that. It's hard to see the books coming out on top in the financial stakes, though, if the Rockets thing is real. Like, it, it could be that the Rockets could just be the smokescreen for Brooke. I just, I have a feeling that he might be the real one. If it seems like the most persistent, one of the earliest names that's been out there for the Rockets, and I'm sure every other agent in the NBA has been... Well, I don't even want to say smart enough because it's pretty obvious to try and get their their client linked with the Rockets ever since. I think it's Van but, Vliet too. Van Vliet's one of the first mentioned to yes. them now. I, I think that's a very real thing as well. Yeah. But but so here's the, like the Rockets. If you get Fred Van Vliet and Brooke Lopez, congrats on winning 39 games. Like it's I, better than where they've been. Is it? You have a bunch of lottery oh. picks. Develop young players. Alperin Shangun is like this really intriguing player. Hey, here, you can play 14 minutes a night. I, I, I don't understand it for them. I really don't get it. I don't know why you amass all these this young talent to then sign guys. And they wanted James Harden. Whatever. It's fine, I we, guess. We have seen teams in the West, though, kind of cobble together rosters that are weird and not great and if you just sometimes you catch the right mix of okay we've got good older players we've got some young stuff and it works in a way or even it even works temporarily like i i think they haven't got what they wanted development wise out of their young guys in recent years that could be just that you've made the wrong picks well they also have a joke of a basketball organization there right. and their head coach for sure punchline the whole the whole time he was coaching there but I, I would understand then if at a certain point they're like what we're doing is not working for development we need to put better players around these guys and try to start developing winning habits with some of the young players we have and if we're still not going to be good enough then we're still not going to be good enough we'll still have good picks but we need to change the culture and i i would agree that they need to change the culture if they want to get the best out of the young players they have and young players they may add. I got I to be clear, I'm playing devil's advocate to your question somehow here, but I I don't think it's like I do get it. I get why yeah. at some point an organization might look at it and be like, 
maybe this is the way we should try because I don't think just bottoming out year after year after year is going to work for them. Particularly if you've got like, I don't know, <laughs> the Thunder doing it, for example, a much smarter organization, in my opinion. I think there, there's better people involved. If that's the game you're going to play, I think the Rockets are going to lose out on that and honestly have done in recent years. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, but I think we're all generally in agreement. Uh, it's a little scary, but we'd like Brooke back. I mean, it's it's very important. And I think to your point, Adam, about the fit with Adrian Griffin and everything, you know, Griffin shouted out Brooke as as one of the best, you know, the stars on the team, whatever, in the press conference. And I think I've seen some of, from not Brooke's perspective, but from the Bucks' perspective, the idea like, oh, maybe you don't want to pay him too much, you know, get out too early versus too late. And, you know, if the scheme is going to go toward more aggressive defense, then maybe he's not a fit. Who's your center then? I mean, it's you didn't explicitly state the question, Adam, but like that's what you have to think about if you say that because there's not like, oh yeah, here's the 26 year old, you know, rangier center who isn't as big or as good at drop, but really fits that scheme. Doesn't really, it's certainly not on the roster. I don't know. If you it don't really have exists one. in free agency either. So it's not as easy to just be like, well, we'll just go with the center that fits. Then it's that guy's not really there. So as Rohan said, well, with the Chris part. You know, don't don't lose your talent. Keep your talent here. You know, is it possible there could be a sign and trade? Yes, but I don't really see like if it's Houston, why are they giving up stuff? They have sixty million dollars in cap space. Like they they don't need to accommodate that. So I don't think that's all that likely. Or again, you're not going to get back what you're losing. Clearly, I mean that that doesn't really exist there unless Houston's really going ape to get Brook Lopez, which I just don't see happening. It's at some point, like you're right, in just this ideal world, you get out too early rather than too late. Getting out too early here, that will make your team worse. Yeah. And you'll very, have, very noticeable. You'll, you'll have, you'll have Giannis being like, hey, why are we so bad? And also, and you'll be like, oh, well, we got out early on Brooke. We didn't want to, we didn't want to have the wrong side of the deal. And also, like, well, that's great. I won't be here for when the wrong side of that deal will be in that case because we're now at 44 win team. Too- you know, yeah, to that point on Giannis as well. I think as much as this is the summer of Adrian Griffin for the Bucks, in a lot of ways it's the summer of leaning into what Giannis wants to do. Um, I think that was pretty clear with the reporting on the coaching search and pick. Giannis, more than maybe any other Buck, has lauded Brook in the last two years. I mean, when they had to play without him, Giannis really wouldn't shut up about how much he missed him and how much he doesn't like playing center. So for anyone who thinks, oh, Giannis and Bobby, like we saw that was a bad defensive team relative to where the Bucks should be. Um, not a, clearly not a good enough championship or not a good enough defensive team to win a championship. Uh, Giannis loves Brooke and loves playing with Brooke. So even if they're going to change the defense, you know, I, I just I would be pretty surprised if the not will not say mandate, but the message from Giannis is, you know, Brooke's got to be there because I, I don't want to play center for 80, I can't and I won't play center for 82 games. It's not even just that. I mean, obviously, this is bread or Brooks bread and butter, but it's the offensive thing of like, okay, we know what we've seen Giannis and four shooters and all that stuff, but that is the base offense that they have. Like, it's not they're not going to really reinvent the wheel in terms of like how the Bucks will ultimately function. Do they need a little bit more ball handling, shot creation, all that stuff? Yeah, but. I just, I don't think, 
I think not enough is being focused on like what is a Bucks team that looks that is going to look like without Brook Lopez offensively too because it's not. Yeah. I don't think they, it's they didn't have enough offensively with him. So imagine losing him. Yeah. Bucks, please keep Brook Lopez. Okay, Rohan. Let's just start. We'll go around and just pick players from the remaining pool now. Those were clearly the big two. I think now we can go in almost any order. Please be responsible and and think about (laughs) just the roles and try to go in somewhat descending order, but ultimately the pick is yours, Rohan. Are we talking box free agents? Yes. Let's talk about, Let's. I think the most important, important player not named uh chris or brooke let's talk about boss man nine nine okay sure that's important. i was uh, okay oh. Oh. go, well, go so ahead rohan the, make your, the thing, make, the your thing i'm gonna mute myself to make this easier here's the thing about boss man nine nine the bucks have his full bird rights they they traded for him. Do you think that the Bucks are going to make the same mistake again that they did with PJ Tucker, where John Horace talked about after he traded for PJ Tucker? It's like, hey, we have his full bird rights. We're not going to waste that opportunity. We're not going to squabble. Are they going to do that again? I hope so. I really hope they do it again. Wow. I do not want to. Wow, what <laughs> you thought I was going to zig, but you I had, said. You had me you go there, Rohan. You thought I, I was going to zig, but yeah. I said, get this guy off my team. It's just like, no, wow. we're good. You don't need to You don't need to do that just for like a trade asset. You don't need it to. It can still be a trade it's, asset. There's still teams over the cap who may want boss man, and you can still sign and trade him somewhere. You yes exactly you That's could do fine. that. But I'm, That's fine. If you want if you want to retain him purely to be a trade asset. It's not worth it, especially with the Bucks. depending on Chris and Brooke, their new deals, hopefully, how close they're going to be to the second apron. Yeah. Why do you need to take that risk on a guy who was unplayable in the playoffs for you? So, Why? Gl- you don't need to take the risk. I'm glad you said that because I was the one pushing the, oh, I think it makes a little sense to try. Yeah, you sure were. Well, I, listen, in any previous year, I would still be there because I do think trying to hit on wings is a good idea. And if it was just ownership money, I wouldn't care. I think I'm pretty consistent with that stance, but it's not anymore. And I think dodging the second apron enough to use the mini MLE, which we'll get to more in our other free agent discussion and just staying below it generally, especially like this year and going into next year to open up that seventh year draft pick thing, which is frankly like the weakest, most cowardly CBA provision I could even imagine to punish a team seven years in the future for retaining their homegrown talent to try and win championships. CJ McCollum, seriously, like I, I don't even have words and all the Celtics that are on that committee. It's of course it's Boston's fault, but, um, and they, they knew if they're playing for, Oh, we're, the world, well, our team will never be in the second apron. We're never even in the first apron. So this is fine. But now I did the calcs and if it's like 45 ish combined million to Chris and Brooke, you can basically keep like one other free agent for more than vet men of the returning guys. And then you can use the mini mid-level if, and then still stay below the second apron. So if you retain boss man for like 10 million a year or even like 8 million a year, it really takes that away, especially if you're trying to keep anyone else. So for that reason, the new ideal scenario is like, just, I don't, I, don't, I think Cleveland is so scarred, but to some team like Cleveland want to send over a second round pick, a couple of something in the future for a sign and trade. 
That's my new hope. I, I would not keep him on a real contract. I would rather go to the free agency route and not tie myself to boss man. Nine nine. Lowercase, according to Rohan, until he proves otherwise. I feel like that's deserved. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's and you also run into the issue. I mean, not to sort of poo-poo your sign and trade idea, but it's like what teams are gonna hard cap themselves for boss man? Yeah. I'll do backflips if the Bucks get something from Jay Crowder and don't have Jay Crowder on the roster. That's <laughs> that's honestly that sounds like a dream. I don't, I won't do my whole thing again because I did it a few pods ago. The whining, that's it. I was done then. It's like you did not show up. You were terrible, and then you were the first guy to complain coming out of it after like really how your time. I, uh, part of it too i think reframes like the sons of it all for me as well and him sitting out that length of time because i think it's very easy to view it one way in that moment but then he comes out and he looks terrible and then he's immediately the first guy out to complain about everything around him like yeah you know what just miss me with this there's no need for it i don't think it benefits the books in any way and um, particularly if we're we're gonna have as much of a new era as possible uh i'm honestly i'm open beyond the obvious ones if the books want to really reset and they're maybe dealing with more vet min guys than ever but they can pick out some young flyers and try to develop i'm good with that this year let's not keep guys around who there is no clear and obvious reason to do so and i think he very much fits that bill and even post-draft, and I mean, the direction they went in the draft, not like for like, but also makes me feel there's even less utility for Jay Crowder because he might just block some minutes that could be going to different kind of options or shape the rotation in a way that I don't think it should be. So get him all the way out of here. I clap my hands and get rid of the Jay Crowder. Of it all, I don't care if you recruit anything of him. Great, if he just leaves without getting anything for him. Great, I, I just do, do not see any point in him coming back. I think we'll see with a full off season because he had plenty more off seasons to be on the sidelines and not have to play basketball. Um, because we have the season ended, but we'll see how much he has left in the tank. But you know it. It didn't work out, and you don't don't uh, go further than that sunk cost kind of thing. Also, in addition to money, there is a roster spots math you have to start doing at a certain point. I mean, yes. we already talked about the core four. Bobby and Grayson still under contract. Pat's under contract is eight. Then you've got Marjan Bochamp not going anywhere anytime soon uh, is nine. You know, we'll get to Javon Carter. He has a player option. He may not even be gone, but that's ten. If both rookies are on the roster, that's 12. And then we haven't gotten to a couple other Bucks free agents or anyone incoming. And again, in this second apron dodging thing, I'm assuming the 15th spot is left open now to help stand to that like 180-ish number. So you're already down only a couple of spots. And that has to factor in as well. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm out. Uh, Jordan, who do you want to talk about next on the Bucks free agent list? Uh, let's go Ingles. Okay, Ingles. What do you think, Jordan? 
I think uh, my I think uh, uh, my tune has changed with Ingles because originally I would have easily welcomed him back, and I thought he played well. Yeah, he has defensive shortcomings, um, certainly post ACL injury, but he largely was what the Bucks needed. Um, it's a shame that things ended the way they did because we didn't really get to see the full breadth of everything like that. But when push came to uh, when push came to shove in that Heat series, we just saw how much of a liability it is, and I mean that's gonna that's gonna apply to any player of his caliber and just the class of player he is. He's a very good player, but he's a role player and, you know, how long his future goes on, it's going to be treated as such financially. Um, It's also something that is not easily replaced because just having another ball handler and guy that can hit shots and, you know, create shots for others and all that stuff like we as much as we glommed on to the times that, like, yeah, he's got the chemistry with Giannis, he certainly had chemistry with Brooke, all these things, it was only scratching the surface, and then it just, the bottom fell out with how the season ended. And part of me just wants to be like, you know what, I think the Bucks like, largely are going to keep with, like, the main guys, and I would consider Ingles one of them. The other part of me looks at how this free agent class might be, and you know, you look at other teams and just like every team is going to want to use or need a Joe Ingles, um, frankly. Um, I just wonder if the Bucks are going to be over the top with willing to kind of be like, hey, we'll have you as the mini MLE guy if that's how your know, contracts are structured and everything like that. So I, my tune has changed. I think he ends up leaving. I'm probably. 60 40 in that way in that direction um that's changed over the last couple of weeks so that's where i stand on the eagles front we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Will I go? He's outside of Chris and Brooke. He's he's the guy I want back. The reason for that is this team is deeply, deeply lacking in playmakers, in people who can create. And this free agent point guard class is absolutely terrible and even worse in the pool that the books are going to be operating in. 
So I, I have real concerns. I mean, we should have concerns anyway, I feel, about some elements of the Bucks' offense with the way the roster is shape, shaping up. I think in an ideal world, again, outside of Brooke and Chris, I'm kind of, part of me just wants to clear out all of these older guys and see the Bucks lean into a more vibrant, high-energy, athletic identity and what the rest of the roster is filled out in. This is the one exception. I don't think it's ideal, but I don't know where you're going to get someone who will be able to spell you some quality ball handling, um, some quality creation off the bench. And I think it's just, it's a reflection of the tough spot the books find themselves in free agency. And again, I maybe we're not all in, in agreement on this, although I feel like it's becoming clear, and particularly after drafting two wings, you're kind of in a spot where it's like the concerns for this team for me are a guard and a center. And I think without quality guard options, there are a couple out there and maybe they can pull it off and this is negated. I'll probably talk about a couple in a while, Um, but that might be easier said than done because it is weak. And I think that market will be quite competitive in the same way that center will be competitive. They might, need to keep him more than any of the other players kind of in the mix. I I can see the case that will be made, and I know it will be made for another player uh, who is an actual guard, um, but I, I value the offensive ability that Joe Ingles brings to the table a whole lot more than what they're getting out of any of the other outgoing free agents at this point. Just feels like a regular season move to make. Because I just don't think they're going to put the ball in a role player's hands in the playoffs, which is why I think Ingles was so not useful because they basically just used him as a shooter. And I don't disagree with that. Yeah. What is that? What is the playoff option they're getting here? Well, we'll talk about the mini MLE options yeah. a little bit later in the okay. podcast. Uh, I, think I don't. There's... I I don't believe. I don't believe is like I'll get out in front of that. I don't believe that's there. Like I think I, these yeah, are. Think there is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, I just, we probably saw him at the most athletic we're going to see him. And I just don't know how many minutes he could realistically get in a playoff series, especially, you know, the other thing that Rohan and I talked about with this is, you know, we're bringing back Chris too. And I think, you know, if Chris is five years younger and four injuries ago, then maybe you can talk me into angles. Both of those guys just gives you such a lack of, lateral movement that I think it's just hard to play the kind of defense you need to play in the playoffs if you're playing one or both of those guys pretty much all the time. So that's for that reason, I am out. I would rather look elsewhere and try to get younger again. You know, is there a team out there that wants him enough to send you something for him? That'd be cool to kind of replenish the stock of, you know, smaller draft assets. Can you maybe spin something around and then go get one of Washington's four point guards? That's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I don't love how much money you have to give up, but if you're doing a sign-and-trade, maybe that mitigates that a little bit. We'll see. Um, I, I think there's there could be something there. But uh, I would, you know, I don't want to get creative and replace Brooke because I really don't think they can. I'm okay to take the risk here, bet on internal development and, and more other players taking the ball handling. Hashtag let Terry cook to keep the offense rolling. Uh, I, I would rather part ways with Ingles, uh, even though – regular season he certainly was helpful when he was healthy uh, as a playmaker for the bucks 
Yeah, I think I think it would be a regular season move for sure if they bring him back. Because I'm just I don't know. He, he would just have to be a break glass in case of emergency guy in the postseason. Considering it's like what we saw, it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It was it was just sort of in the middle. And it's like, do you want to do you want to sort of commit that money to someone who was just sort of eh for you in the postseason? And I, like a lot of that's probably not his fault. It's just a a consequence of the roster construction, but it's. It it happens whether like it's his fault or not, and I don't know. It's it's just more of like a do you want to commit to it just being like a a coin flip whether he helps you or not, and I don't know. Maybe you can maybe you can try other things elsewhere. I wouldn't be opposed to him if he wants to come back. Ring chase on a min, sure, why not? Well, but, uh, like, I think that's a possibility. I was going to ask that question: Is everyone just kind of like that's out? Like if he likes it. I, that's kind of the stage in his career. He's had good deals. I don't think that's like completely out of the question for the difference in money we'd be talking about if the books were to to give him an offer. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think I, I'm yeah. I think yeah. I do think he can make money for you to see. He showed enough to be like, hey, I'm I know I suffered an ACL injury, but he came back sooner than we thought, played better than we thought. And yeah, again, is he gonna He's going to be a liability come playoff time. He's not going to play as many minutes as he would during the regular season, all that stuff. And just look at this free agent class. And like, there are a lot of there. He's no different than a lot of the guys that are in the MLE status. I mean, he, the guys that could swing. He got this know, contract while still out with the ACL. Exactly. And, I mean, the Cavs gave Ricky Rubio, I think, the same contract, same situation. Like yes. there's there's an appetite out there, and this is like like you said, much less of a swing. I agree, Jordan. I mean, I think there's maybe probably not the full one, the twelve million, but the mini MLE no. or that kind of money. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. To Adam's point, Ingles's min is probably like around three million at this point. The Bucks. Yes. So his salary situation, uh, they have non the non bird exception, which allows you to go one hundred and fifty percent of what he made last year. Again, we don't we don't know what the new CBA is yet. Maybe it's changed, but. He made like six million last year, so they could pay him up to seven million. That for me is a no go because that probably does take you out of mini MLE territory. I would rather take that swing. But if he's willing to come back for less, you know, then all of a sudden that I think that's more interesting, and I'm I'm much more open to that because he is a useful player offensively. There's no question about that. I don't know. I'm not suggesting he should be the mini MLE. I just I wouldn't I'm not really interested in the books outcome of free agents beyond this point. I'm I'm just not crazy about it at all. Um and I I get entirely what you're saying at the playoffs, but I think that's that's the kind of spot we find ourselves in come June, July, where we're building out up like this fantasy idea of what a playoff rotation is gonna look like, where we know that the practicality, even for really good teams, is often more cobbled together. And like I don't again, the books were the example of this. They won a championship with a super cobbled together rotation. My concern is just some of the problems we saw with someone like Drew Holiday. My concern when you bring up Chris Milton and Chris Milton and Ingles together, that's entirely valid. But part of Ingles for me would be, well, what if Chris isn't out there for a long stretch of the season? Or if you're you're going into playoff games without Chris, it's a different kind of problem. Like it by no means is it perfect. I just think the books are way way past the point of solutions that aren't going to be highly flawed i look forward to the names you're bringing to the table ty uh but i i do think like 
whatever they do here, if they have the perfect offseason and we all feel really good coming out of it, they kind of did something like that last year and we saw how that panned out. And then it's it's just not that simple. It's really, it's going to hinge on the top six to seven guys and we don't know what an Adrian Griffin rotation looks like, far less an Adrian Griffin playoff rotation. But for as much as I understand the point and where you're coming from on a regular season signing, I just, I couldn't get hung up on that right now because, yeah, they might have to be a pretty flawed team in the playoffs, but one that can grind out games. And I, I think there's a real deficiency in creativity and in playmaking on this team. And I think they may get better defensively and they may lean into some Raptors-like defensive identity if we're to read way too much into the the draft picks at this point, which I do think would be to read way too much into that. But the offense is honestly pretty scary, particularly based on what, what we saw in the playoffs. And I will continue, like I feel like I was for a lot of last season, to be more worried with the offense and the defense. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking vet min, which oh, is yeah. very optimistic. But I wonder of offense, that's fine. So I'm and I, I agree with Jordan too. And I, you said it as well. Like he probably has other options out there, but he is at the point in his career where he might just be like, yeah, there's more money there, but I'd rather be here for another year. He did seem to love it. Um, I was, yeah. I mean, they, and they really embraced him. I, mean, I know, you know, they had an autism night. They did read design their rooms and stuff like that like that's not just lip service and everything like that and to your point like i do think that he could really benefit from terry stops being on board and you know just seeing someone that has such a creative mind offensively like i would for sure think that terry Stotts would be like yeah i could probably use joe ingles you know <laughs> to get these plays rolling um yeah, he's probably the hardest one to kind of consider just because it's like we look at the age, we look at the injuries, and it's like, ugh, you, you know, you're turned off by that stuff. But it's like, that's still a productive player, given everything that we had talked about him for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And it's like, <laughs> I will just keep going to the, the old adage. Do not pass up on good players when you have them. That's, you know, that's it. Let's, let's have the I'd, Javon Carter. What do you got? I'd like if he made like infinitely less dumb mistakes, like the fouls. intentionally oh, yeah. dumb. Yeah, the, the so. stupid fouls. I, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. And just but. like he's a liability on defense too. Yeah, but yeah. again, if it's vet men, if you know, like if it's vet, if it's vet men, sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. sign me up for vet men. If it's anything above vet men, I think I'll pass. Let's have the Javon Carter conversation. Adam was clearly throwing subs. Left and right, Javon's mom. Uh, that wasn't that be wasn't gonna interview. be that wasn't gonna be my pick for who we talk to it next. Oh, well, who are you thinking? We could do it because the one I was gonna bring up next will derail the pod for about an hour. So, oh what? no, oh no, he's a Myers Leonard stand. No, who else is left to Goron? No, I, I think it's time to kill our darlings. I think TA needs to hit the road. But what does that have to do with the guy? I'm gonna leave. We're He's working really through the, the free agents. Well, yeah, but I think you said something about other guards on the roster. That's why I was. Oh, I, I, but I'm yeah. I'm just ta- I'm talking generally just with all of those guys. I my feeling on this, we'll be moving on quickly, or maybe we won't, because they're on might reappear and start shouting at me. Like the guy's thirty one, 
there's been no use for him for quite a while. He says good things to Giannis. I don't care. Giannis, oh. Giannis has to grow up, and if oh. he wants the best chance of the Bucks winning, it should probably involve his brother moving on. Because as you said, if they're going to be a 14-man roster, and you've just drafted two second-round picks, you've got Marjan, who played a little, but not a lot, isn't quite ready. Carrying another passenger is just... It can't continue at this point. So, time has come. Um, just let's let's move on. Let's get serious about Could it. Could use uh, some more former coach, or some more former players on the coaching staff. There we go. Split the difference. He he could get the Adrian Griffin, you know, start. You know, yeah. Scott Skiles calling him up on the final day of training camp. I, or you could go and make some money in Europe again and actually yeah. play. I, I've always wondered but, if if it wouldn't be Bucks if the Nassis would want that at some point because he he was good when he played in Europe, played yeah. a lot. Yeah, I I mean I would be fine with that. My Rohan's gone. I don't know Anyone else back. want to weigh in? I'm just I, I, you know, if there's no if there's no counter, we could just move on. It seems like we're all in agreement. I I mean I have said if if Giannis says they need to roster all the brothers, I would do it. But I mean if if they're able to get away from that, I'm also fine with that. Clearly. Like, I, I, in all seriousness on this, I do think, obviously, we're reaching a point where it's about pleasing Giannis. He is not going to stay because the books kept Tanasis. He will stay because the books are giving him a chance to win championships. At this point, does Tanasis help them to do that? It's one of those things where for years we've said, final roster spot, who cares? They may only be rostering 14 guys. And then you've got quite a few young guys you're hoping to develop. I don't know if like one of the veteran guys on the roster should be like as as much of a nothing as TA has been for two years now. Like that's just the reality of it. If he actually if he played and if he showed he could play, it's a completely different story. That's not what we're talking about. So I they don't need to roster a fan. I mean, it's kind of insane. At this point, you know, do what you can to have as many playable options on your roster. Or use this spot for someone who you are going to develop. Like pick up a flyer, a development project for your new coach and your new staff. But I'd flip him, I'd flip him for Costas if he just didn't sign that contract. He's thirty one now. I, like it's just on, on no Tanasis. Oh, and on every yeah. level, this is just kind of I don't I don't know what what the point of it is. Roja might actually be gone. I'm waiting for this discussion to finish. Okay, you're I think gonna, you should weigh in. You're not going to make the case for the max again. I, like I want to, I want to hear the counter because I, I know how much you love him, and if you can sincerely make the counter argument, I'll listen to it. But I, I, I like. It's not like I don't like Tanasis. I just think it's we've got to be serious about this. We're talking again. Everything is shaped around time of change, new era for the books. Like, let's be serious. They just they lost in the first round. I guess we're just gonna we're gonna move. I, Ron, Ron agrees, yeah. and he just we're doesn't gonna, want to we're say gonna it. Move on. We're he can't say on. it. He can't bring. He can't say it. That's fine. I, I understand, Ron. On. I refuse. Well, we to have my thumbnail now. Rohan just gone from the frame, so that's good. Uh, Javon Carter. So I think I'm the biggest Javon fan. So I'll, I'll go first. The interesting thing here, the player option still 
still just floating there. The deadline is June 29th. 29th, yep. So the free agency day. Or no, is it one day before? It's day, one day before. before. It's day Thursday. Before. You know, I really expected him to opt out and do a different deal with the Bucks the whole time for some modest raise. They have his early bird rights, so they could go up to like 12 million. I don't see that coming, but they, they can give him a raise. The player option is like two and a half million. He hasn't declined yet. Um, doesn't doesn't mean he won't, but he hasn't yet. And I also thought Pat Connaughton would for sure decline before he opted in and extended. And I know the new CBA is loosening the extension rules quite a bit. So it used to be you got penalized a lot more for taking a lower value. But now he could extend at a higher number than the than he would have been able to. I kind of wonder if that's in play. If it is, you definitely have a little bit more leeway to bring back somebody else at more than Vetman or maybe even fill the 15th spot and still have the mini MLE and duck the second apron. We'll see. Um, but my case for the player for Javon, whether it's opting in or opting out or whatever, I still think there's more there than they've let him show. And I know the pull-up threes got irksome for a lot of people despite – you know, he made him at a high clip. The playoffs, he wasn't very good all around. He also just didn't play very much in general. Like, I would be fine if they just let him actually be the backup point guard for the season. Like, I wouldn't have a problem with that. And if it doesn't work, then you have to pivot. That's fine. I, I think there were some flashes where he played point guard at a pretty high level. High enough, you know, could he, could, would that work if you were like the Clippers and Chris Paul, the Lob City Clippers and Chris Paul is checking out? And you need him to run this offense totally himself? No. Don't think that's what the Bucks' backup point guard needs to do. Like move the ball a little bit, spot up, move around Giannis, Chris, Drew, some combination of the three of them. I think he can do enough ball handling for that. I like to see him play more. He's a very good defender. He's a good shooter. Giannis timeline guy. And if he's really available for, you know, like his player option or a little bit more than that, I, I really think it's kind of a no-brainer to bring him back, especially because it can you can do it without – hampering your spending power so i know i'm probably high on javon the 90 percent of people it's not just a podcast thing man i really like the tape i really like the high-end javon tape i'm still a believer so that's that's my my take yeah for sure i mean you'd want to see him back one thing you really saw javon thrive in was a consistent role when his role started started to get like it was a little wishy-washy when he was in in the rotation out of the rotation minutes were sort of fluctuating that's when he started to struggle. And especially like that happened in the playoffs too. Like he was playing, he wasn't playing. It's just when he had a consistent set role, he was really good with it. He thrived in that role. It's just when things started to get a little like inconsistent is when he started to struggle. And I mean, who can't relate to that, right? Like if you have a, if you're in a consistent routine, you tend to perform better. Says the um, guy who just dipped out for a full podcast segment. <laughs> You got because he's got a he's got a consistent <laughs> routine of not criticizing TA. He's many years he's, in street. He's keeping the analysis guest opportunity on the table. Always. Uh, <laughs> Monty yeah, Morris, yeah, future buck. We'll see. But it's just like, yeah, I I agree with you, Ty. I think Javon has more uh to showcase than he has been able to in his time with the Bucks so far, even this past season where he had an increased role after coming over after being waived. Uh by Brooklyn, it was just, it's just, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him back. I think he fits with this team. I think the guys seem to really like him. He seems to gel with everyone. He, he's a defender. I'm sure Adrian Griffin's going to love love to use him. And maybe he's going to have an increased role for Javon now that he's uh, he's running the ship. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for him coming back. 
if he opts in, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, and it, it, they want to do like a Pat Compton route, like an opt in and extend out of that. Maybe we'll see, but I I definitely want to see Javon back. I'll be thrilled if he opts in. Uh, I think there's there's absolutely no downside to that. Um, I I guess where I'm coming at it, and just in terms of the guard position or skill set, I think this team needs a good passing guard. They need someone who is more old school. This is harder than ever to find, but traditional kind of guard. I don't even, I'll talk about some guards later that maybe get you a little bit closer to that, but it's still not perfect. I don't think the solution is going to be there for the books. I, you mentioned the pull up trees. Javon shot the ball very well last year, but it was a little shot happy as the year went on. And uh, I think it's very easy for us to be like, oh, he made the shots. So that's fine. I, I don't think that's good process for this team. And I think shots should be going to other players. And I think when you're looking at reworking your offense and what are your focal points, I think the Bucks need to be more disciplined in that department. Maybe he can just pick that right up and slot back in and it's more reflective of the role he's been in before. And the Bucks will have a better read on that than anyone. Um I would be very wary though on the price going up here because I I think it just locks you into a situation like you had last year, which I think will be fine a lot of the time. And he's a really good defender, he's a good teammate, he's a good player. I think the Bucks might just be in a position where they could do with something a little bit different. Uh, it's to me, it's not so much a referendum on Javon. I just think they might be in need of something a little bit different. They may not be able to get it, and they might just be very much in a spot where they're like, you know what, we should bring Javon back. That's the that is the best option that is there for us realistically. If that's the case, fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate this unless it comes in on a higher end of the scale number where that ends up being their move. <laughs> um. But I I have some concerns, but he's he's a good player who had a good season. I don't know how much more there is there. That's that's an area where I don't know if I'm in agreement with both of you guys, Tyron. I don't know if there is another level. Like last season feels like close to his peak in a lot of ways for me. And if there is another level beyond that, it would be a real surprise, even just career trajectory wise. It's it's not really how it works at this point. Um, it's kind of the old school idea that he's coming into peak years. But when you when you look at numbers, the NBA players tend to peak quite a bit younger than that at this point. And I have a feeling his peak might be last season. I would be very happy to be proven wrong if he comes back with the Bucks, but I, I do have some reservations there, as much in terms of like a style to mesh with what the books might need and rather than specifics of his game. I mean, Javad's been found money for the Bucks the last what 18 months, whenever he came to Milwaukee. Um and he's really maxed out in terms of like his role skill set with how the Bucks were built. Like no one expected him to become a as good of a three point shooter, especially with an up uh, tick in volume, and play hard nosed defense and play more minutes than he has in Phoenix and Memphis and maybe missing or Brooklyn briefly, <laughs> and all this stuff. And it was really valuable to the Bucks the last two seasons or 
however many games or however you want to take it. I just think now we're entering the phase of like, okay, what do you, how do you further kind of start valuing that when, you know, contracts are up and he wants more money and stuff like that, all of which are deserved. I tend to agree with Adam that like, we've seen what like that kind of point guard, a three and D type. I, not just to keep throwing that label towards him because I just think that's ultimately what he is. Um, and that's very fine. Like we've seen Patrick Beverly have a very long career. We've seen Del- Matthew Delvadova obviously played in Milwaukee, but like that has value to the Bucks and teams that are built with, you know, a player like Giannis or, you know, like you can look at like New Orleans if Zion's ever healthy and kind of look at how they were built, I guess, in other ways. But like that kind of where the Bucks are building their roster and everything like that, like a guy like Javon is always going to be needed. But when it comes to kind of getting a more traditional point guard, one that could create shots and make plays, that might come with the sacrifice of, yeah, there may not or they may not be uh, as good of a three-point shooter as Javon has been. But there is still more to be gained with like someone that can just create their own shot and kind of get the offense humming in ways that I just don't think Javon is capable of doing besides himself consistently enough. And, you know, if he opts in, this conversation is mute and I will be very much uh, happy with having Javon back. But if, you know, I look at those free agent point guards and not that that's the end all be all, but like, you can easily make a case that Javon might get a little bit more money based on that. If a team needs a, you know, a point guard behind, I don't know, whatever their starters or anything like that. So, you know, he's approaching that age where money might speak a little bit more because there's only one shot that you get a decent payday. Um, even if it's not, you know, clearly not going to be a, an overwhelming amount, but. I don't know. It's a tough one for me. It's not as tough as Ingles, but I just think Javon is a very, he's very good for what he does. But I do think that there are limits to what that can do ultimately. Um, but again, this all could change if he just says, I'm going to opt in and he's on the Bucks for another year. 2.24 million. So it would be kind of insane for him to opt in. What number? Yeah, I, I was going to, I was going to say that. It's just he, he should, he should opt out. Yeah. Because it, with his career arc, it still seems like a guy who I would say years are probably what's most valuable to him and securing, yeah. like, not not even the highest old payday, but healthy payday. Like, I mean, NBA money is no joke at any level. If you can get multiple more years of that and you rack up years and you have a nice career, that yeah. seems like a good... If and he, he's he's coming off a great season where if he opts in and he has a bad season, if he, he could find in, himself back in a spot extension. where he was two years ago. If he, he opts in, think so. Yeah, you 100%, would... 100%. Same as Pat. Like, it's... it's Those are things that happen together. Like, I think there's no shot he would opt in without a, a guarantee. I would say a virtual guarantee, but I, think, I don't know if that's illegal or not, but... There's an extension coming for sure. I think if if he opts in, I think he should opt out too. What number concerns you guys? The max they could pay him is like four fifty. That's clearly a lot, but like three eighteen. That's, that's, that's getting really close to eating into the mini mid level, though. I, like I calculated at five million for him. He was the one guy I held over, and that was what gave them the money. And five million in year one. 
I would definitely pay Javon six million a year. Yeah. It's it it all it all really depends on what Chris and Brooke signed for. And it's like you sort oh, of maneuver yeah, around of that. And who else, you know, comes yeah. back, if anyone. Yeah. Do do we think collectively, because I know even in trying to map this out, the number you threw out, Ty, is combined, we'll say forty five million per year, Chris and Brooke. Do we think it's that's feasible? That honestly feels slightly I, it depends on what's going on with the Rockets. I guess that's the part of it. Like what Brooks' market really is and what you'd have to pay, it's, which could well be lower than other teams, but for him to say, yeah, I'll take less to stay here. My estimates were the starting at the low end for Chris's deal, around 30, and then Brooke was 15. three for 60, yeah. Which I think is not chump change for Brooke Lopez. I mean, Three for 60 or yeah, three for 45? 60. Oh, no, three for 45, sorry. Or four sixty if he wants the extra money. I think fifteen. I think it's. I don't think that's is, crazy. No, I think that's. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's possible though that Chris's comes in a little over that, and Brooks could come in a little over that, and then obviously you're, like that's that's all it takes to eat into yeah. some of that, and it gets trickier immediately. If those two guys want to stay, there is also a very good chance that you would get them on board with okay. Here is the overall situation. We want to keep you. We will look after you in this way. But if we were to have flexibility to fill out the roster, this is the most we can pay you. Maybe it's a year one discussion and things get structured differently. We'll see. That's not even that's tough though, because this is going to be an ongoing concern. Um I don't know. I, I think the margin is quite fine there. And for someone like Javon, then if it ends up that that's like your six million a year. Well, at that point, I don't know. It becomes, I, it becomes who's actually available versus who's. I, I was gonna say, I yeah. think that that's one. If 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 they end up signing him and he's back for six million per year, I'll probably be reserving judgment on the signing till we see how the whole off season, like what the Bucks roster looks like, what other options might have been out there to get a read on that. It could be just fine. It could be that that's the best move. It's kind of tough right now, though, to imagine in that kind of spot that could have an impact, depending on what happens on the more significant deals above that for the books. Uh, it, it's it feels slightly unfair, but his because he's tied into an, an off season where it's it's about Chris and it's about Brooke. It's very hard to want to see money going to anyone else until those two guys are locked in, and you also are like, okay, they're locked in. And this is now what's also on the table. And then I think it might be easier to appraise that in a way that's maybe fair to him. I don't know. But if, does that make sense? Yeah, it's always kind of impossible. I mean, we did this last year with Ingles for weeks. And could they have gotten Otto Porter? Well, turns out they didn't want him. But <laughs> that did not work well. Could they have gotten Bruce Brown, <laughs> like all these other, you know, we don't know exactly what goes in everyone's decision. We don't have everyone's ranking of teams, yada, yada, yada. Whatever. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And I do agree. Like if, you know, player X is a free agent and is like we we knew they would have signed for the mini MLE, but they signed Javon instead and player X is better, then it'll feel bad. It's hard to know exactly, but we'll have a much better idea in <laughs> a week. That's <laughs> the fun part mm -hmm. about free agency. Uh, it usually goes often pretty fast. Uh, I think we can burn through a couple players here. I think the last real discussion player is Wesley Matthews. Uh, I love Wes. 
I, I would be fine bringing him back. One of him or Ingles, not both. I want to get younger. I want to get more athletic. Uh, offense or defense, it kind of depends on the rest of the roster. I do think drafting a one defensive-minded wing, adding that to Marjan, who projects as such as well, makes me a little less hungry to bring West back. But, I mean, he steps in. He plays when they need him. I still thought he played pretty well in the playoffs. You know, I, I wouldn't hate Very having well. him around, but um, I, I would like to see him back, but I don't want to see him at Ingles because I just think you're just still, you're still so old and not athletic. And West gets the job done defensively, but another year older at that point. Um, so I, I'd slightly prefer Wes over Ingles. I'm fine bringing either back at vet minimum, to be clear. Yeah, one or the other, you don't need both. That's I, I think I, I'm in the same boat. Like you can't have just like two old guys who can only really play one side of the ball. You can talk me into angles just because they need the offense more with the depending on how everything else shakes out. If there's any trades or whatever, I think that's the thing is that Wes blocks the path to minutes for the three younger guys. That one way or another, you might be. Lo- I mean, I yeah. say might. We've reached a point the books have to develop these guys t- to have. Like there's the element of winning now, but there is also like, do you want this team to be, you know, even remotely good three years from now? Because the only chance of that is going to come from, okay, Marjan has to be good. Yeah, there has to be good enough that he's going to be a key piece or that you can trade him at some point as part of another deal. Um, And now we've got two more rookies that are going to factor into that mix. I think that just the skill set difference with Wes Although he is a more natural playoff fit, if we're to get into those kind of terms, I think he blocks the path to minutes for Marjan. And if if Marjan plays all season and it comes together, that's a very big if, and I would probably put it as a bigger if than most. But that is a much better outcome for books in the playoffs, a much better outcome for the books into the future. And I think you've just got to take that risk to some extent now. You've got to clear minutes and you've got to really give those guys a chance. Um, because the best version of your roster at this point is probably going to need Marjan Bochamp to be a good and on-the-rise NBA player. I'm right there with Ty and presumably Evan. I love Wes. I think he really... He did save the series because there was no series saving. Uh, We're saving. Um, But he played very well and did a lot of work that not a lot of other people did. Um, But I think part of, if there is a big criticism that you can levy about is that the safe options got a little too comfortable at the end, and Wes kind of fell in that lap, even as great as he played. Um, You know, I, I do think he has something left to give. I think... Terry Stotts, of all people, would certainly bang the drum of why West Matthews is still important. And a good point. obviously went to um, deep runs in the playoffs before. Not as deep Maybe as he can collaborate before. with them on the bench. Would be That's with T.A. If, oh, I, I was getting more than T.A. <laughs> you know, West is at a point where that might make a, a whole lot of sense. Although I, I agree with Jordan. I mean, I think he can certainly play somewhere if he wants. Um, to, forget the playoffs, though. I mean... Like, and I think that if Wes comes back, I would expect that he doesn't play a lot during the regular season. He played more minutes this past se- regular season than Marjan in the regular season, though. 
And that's something that that that's, just shouldn't happen again. I mean, that's yeah. Like that's the thing is that we're just talking about Marja, but like Pat too. Like he's in this factor. Obviously, you add in Andre Jackson, Chris Livingston. You know, obviously, we will see how much they actually play with the Bucks. But that's it's just more prospects that you are blocking out. That yeah, Wes Matthews can give you good solid minutes over the course of the season, but. We also saw that, like, they saved him for the postseason. And, yeah, that were, ended up working out in a very case-by-case basis. But. I, I don't think it's good for the team. Like Exactly. I, if if you're going to play Marjon in the regular season, then you're going to really, like, try to kind of blood him where he is the guy. Well, then go and get him the playoff experience, too. And, yeah, there will be ups and downs with that because he's a young player. I just think that they've got to. They have no choice at this point. It's a way of thinking that if younger players and draft picks in the past had worked out and they'd embrace that more often, maybe they're in a better spot than they are right now and some of these decisions we're facing. But you've just got to do it. It also aligns with, in theory, some of the reasons why you chose this particular coach or maybe some of the strengths that are there. And if you don't lean into that and we're just doing same veteran players, same style of players back over and over again, uh, what's the point? I mean, I, I don't think the outcome will be any different. I feel bad for Wes too, because obviously he's had two spells with the books and uh, I don't know. Is he, is he unlucky? Is yeah. it, should the books actually actively be looking to move he on? Mr. Milwaukee maybe he's been repaid very terribly. Maybe that, that sucks for him because he's, he's been a really good book and he's been very easy to like in both spells. Um, But I, I unfortunately for him, I think I'd, I'd probably move on again because I just think you've got to put your fate in the young guys and you've got to try and make something out of them because mm. your future quite literally depends on finding something, making something out of those kind of young players. You think the Bucks should own that future? Uh, West would be a tremendous new version of, of Damari Carroll. I, I imagine he'd want to play somewhere. We'll, we'll see what decision he makes. Um, okay. Goran Dragic, Myers Leonard, the two ways. Let's, can, can we just let's just move on? I will let's, say let's talk pe- about people it. are banging the drum for AJ Green on a regular contract. It gets tough with the roster spots. I'm I not think a two ways fine. I think a two ways absolutely fine. perfect. We have would that be the third one? Because we have Amari Moore and is Jazzy and Gortman Gortman on a two way. Oh, I didn't know that. I was going to ask: Is Lindell officially? Nothing is official yet, I don't think, but I don't know. I don't really see the pathway. And they also signed them after everything that happened with Mamu, too. So it wasn't like, yeah, I, mean, I think that was just like, hey, we'll give you a, a gesture. Yeah. 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 Goodwill gesture. But they kind of live to pass on Lindell <laughs> infinitely. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, I AJ Green had a good rookie year. I don't know if there's going to be space. Um, just with roster spots, we'll see. Two way would be would be good because I do think he showed some things. Yeah. Yeah. But if we're looking for athleticism, um, could probably look in a different direction. Uh, and it seems like the Bucks are indeed looking for for that. Okay, should we get to the in, uh, the outside free agents? Uh, no one wants to bang Let's a drum for. I see you number three. So, who? So, what we did is it helped, at least presumably, we each picked two a potential mini MLE guy and then a vet min guy. So, you know, 
quite honestly, it's so hard to project what any player will mm-hmm. get. Every year, the surprises. Our mini MLE guys could end up going for vet men. Our vet men guys could get, you know, $8 million a year. Like it's, it, there's a JaVale McGee was the first contract and he was a full MLE last year. Like, you know, that is right. we only know so much. <laughs> we only know so much about what's going to happen in the free agency market, but we're trying here. I have three actually, so I'm going to need to whittle down to two at some point. But who who's most excited about one of their players? Well, I think Adam is. He's been he has been teasing in our group chat. Yeah, he's been he's been playing it. Well, up I got see, I got pushback. <laughs> you got played up bigger because Jordan was like, oh, "There's no good centers to this class," and I I think the books just really need to act here. I think we're it's a conversation we haven't had. They may need to look quite hard at well. What would be the options if we were to trade Bobby Portis? Um, if Brooke is to come back and if you're going to reshape things, if Brooke somehow is elsewhere, well, then this is a real crisis and you've you've got to make a move. I would like the books to try and go and get Thomas Bryant. I threw out Thomas Bryant when Rohan and I threw out 500 low-paid free agents. Huge upside potential. I mean, he's huge, a huge very upside good with Washington. I thought I did not understand why the Lakers just offloaded him. For that's kind of the story of his career, though. Too, it's always been like he's a really good rebounder, high energy guy. I kind of feel like he is a very good fit for a lot of what Adrian Griffin might like the identity of the books to be, and that if that's not like if Brooke is back as we hope he is. There might be elements of that that aren't seamless, but I do think you've got to get another option in the mix as a big. You very astutely, Ty, alluded to the influence of Giannis this season and how Giannis has talked about playing center in the past. I think we'll all say, oh, they need to do more of that, and they probably will, but Giannis also does not want to do that, and he's getting older, and it's probably not the smartest idea. You need a you need another center. I nearly said big, but I want to stop saying that because Bobby is a big and it doesn't it doesn't work in the way that's exactly needed here. Thomas Bryant is just he is quite skilled. He's started he's got kind trees of this year. He started shooting trees and he, he shot trees pretty 4% well. Four percent on one per game. Something so came just back a really a pretty devastating Achilles injury too. Like he's not looked worse for wear. Yeah. Well that's the thing you know how old Thomas Bryant is? Is it 27? 25? He turns 26 at the end of the month, at the end of July. So a, a quite was, young player. Was 2017 draft class? 2016? Uh, Yeah, he went second round in 2017. 2017. That's right. Must have been young for his class. Uh, honestly, you know what? I'm just going to tip the cap. You won me over. Uh, I think this makes a lot of sense. I'd be very happy. Wow, I win. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. we just go home? Do we wrap it up now? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I'm still excited I mean, about my guys, but I, I really like Tom, and I think it would be, you know, now that we're just talking about, like, a pretty reasonable, like, not a big contract, you know, my pushback to the backup center thing has always been, you know, can you use one of your main assets on a guy who's not going to play much in the playoffs, hopefully, you know, spot minutes in the regular season? But at this point, with how old Brooke is and, and the importance of depth and it being a $5 million contract, I think like, yeah, I'm in. Like I don't I, – the rest of the players are not that encouraging. I think if he is available, this would be a really nice get for the Bucks. Yeah, it's it's a move for the future realistically. Yeah, it, but he can I play think now. It's, yeah, for sure. But it's like 
I, I, to be clear, I am a fan of Thomas Bryan. I would be very happy if the Bucks get Thomas Bryan on the mini MLE. How is it going to work in terms of the rotation? This is assuming Brooke Lopez comes back. Well, I think you got to you got to put Brooke on a minutes plan, which you should probably do anyway. Yeah, I think it would be smart to do regardless. Like Brooke plays twenty four a game. That's like twenty for Thomas Bryant. You go small here and there. Yeah, I mean, even if he's if he's like an eighteen minute a game guy, that it's like he slots in, he knows his role, and that if the matchup is an ideal come playoff time. Like this he's not just a nothing player either. He he could be someone that you're very good in his minutes. Yeah. That could be the case that he's a really good fit for whatever the new system ends up looking like that there'll be playoff matchups where you're like, okay, Brooke, this isn't ideal for you. We've really got to cut back your minutes and someone else can play here. Bobby, as much as we love Bobby and he's done a lot of great stuff, for as different as he is to as different as he is to Brooke, there is never the ideal because of his defense. Oh, well, this is the Bobby Portis matchup. And I'm not saying Thomas Bryant is like the world's best defender or anything, but I think his physical makeup and how he plays adds just a bit more. And now when he is showing signs of developing a pretty good three-point shot as well. Yeah. I, I, I There's a lot that's intriguing there, I think, as a book's fit. He is going to be in the Hall of Fame. That is not a hot take. He is making a very impressive seal on LeBron's historic shot to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. He is like in the center of the picture that is certainly going to be in Springfield. It's impressive. Look, I love a player that LeBron is clearly gunning to make history. And if you look at the pick, like he's like got a great seal under the basket. He's like, LeBron, I, I know you're doing something. If we want these two points against Oklahoma City – I, I do have good position here. I'm a fan. He has his place in history, for yeah. sure. Good, um, good luck anyone following that up. I don't NBA champion next. as well. Uh, just sure. Yeah. Again, yeah. Lakers are like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of you. Yeah. No good centers, Jordan? No okay. good centers? Okay. Eh? I, I, I conceded he was one of two guys that was like, oh, they're more interesting. Didn't, than... didn't he request a trade? Wasn't that it? He might have. He might have. Well, I think they saved money, the Mo Bamba. I, I don't know. It's very weird. Oh, no, they sent Pat, Pat Bev for Mo Bamba and then never played. The Lakers are weird, man. Yeah. Rohan, do you want to go next? Uh, sure, I'll go next. So I, 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 I mentioned this guy in our last pod, Ty. Um, I didn't go for a big. Uh, if, if I did have a big option, it would be Thomas Bryant, though. I mean, I'm in full agreement. I would love Thomas Bryant. Um, a little bit of a reunion here. Oh boy, with Dante Divincenzo. Oh, oh. See, here's the thing. <laughs> this is the opposite of Adam's pick. <laughs> I'm okay. definitely one now. That's for sure. <laughs> so, if you want a guy who's like going to be like like can hound players on defense, can move the ball, can slash, be, can be an active guy on offense who almost shot 40% from three on the highest volume of his career last season. It's Dante DiVincenzo. With a new system, with Adrian Griffin, I think he'd be very, very valuable. Brings a, brings a, like a, a skill set to the guard position that they don't really have on the roster. Like, he's probably not as, he's not as dynamic a shooter as, like, say, a Grayson Allen. But he's a better driver. He's a better defender than Grayson Allen. 
he like he brings more like dynamism to the guard position. He sort of shores up that rotation. Good and you bad put... dynamism. Yes, he sure. can't make yeah. layups. Do yeah, not that's... forget that the he can't make layups. Only so useful, <laughs> and he's like he's a, a theoretically he's a shooter. Like he shot well last season, but we've seen the ups and downs of that too. Like we've got scar tissue here, which is part of the problem. If we were, if we were. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast and you true Dante DiVincenzo out there, we're probably all on board. But we've we've literally we've seen this movie before. I kind of think he's gonna be too expensive too to throw. I actually agree with that. I, I think, think he that's... opted out of five seven. He's, he did. He did, and he's in bag searching mode. Which... Yeah, he's not gotten any any long deal. I yeah. just so, it's gonna be scooting all the way to the bank. Yeah. I don't know. I just He's also, I know he's going to have a good year. He is kind of a health risk. We yeah, saw it firsthand. Big time. He played one full season with the Bucks. I'm um, shocked this was Rohan's pick. I did not see this coming. I know. This is kind of a curve. I was going to say Russ. Like, he's going to do something. Ro- Rohan is just a romantic. That's all yeah. it is. It's the same. It's the attachment to TA. It's like, let's bring Dante back. His minimum pick is going to be Jabari Parker now. You wait and see. Um, Future son. <laughs> Can I just say that was, I think that is like out of all is, the available. It is not going to be Jabari Parker. <laughs> I literally had that thought of like, where is Jabari up to? Oh. He's I, I can't right, imagine right what they need less than Jabari Parker in Phoenix. I just can't. I don't. Yeah, let's get, uh, let's go. F- just, you know what? Like like he said, they don't they don't pay any of us to play defense. That's going to be the team mantra. They're going to break huddles on that, and Frank Vogel is just going to have no hair left. Poor guy. No, he's going to get more hair plugs and <laughs> pull off those hair plugs. That's what he's going to do. Oh man, do you want to go next time? Yeah, I, I, see, I do. Is it? It's first. Is it just the finishing that's concerned to you guys? The injury, no, I, the bad, injury, the bad injury, decision injury, making, shooting, I, shooting. <laughs> I don't believe is real. I, I mean, sorry, bro. <laughs> I just go. Say everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's stronger than you used to be. He's a good defender. Like, he's too risky, but he is good when, when he's when he's available. Yeah. I also think like I think the reason why he played he had the perfect system to play in with Golden State. Yeah, I do think he was a he unique. He thrives good fit on there. chaos, and part of that's Golden State's. That's what the Bucks ultimately wanted their offense to be. Is the you know play random everything like that but golden state like knows how to play like that and incorporate you know players like dante the year before it was gary payton too and Otto porter and all that stuff that like it works in that way i don't know how it work and then i mean we have no idea what this office is going to look like we have no idea how it's going to incorporate if say if he leaves golden state and goes to i think new york is kind of a team that's been chasing yeah, the, or the nova nova gang the nova knicks um, I don't know how that's gonna, especially Tim's like that could be <laughs> terrible. I um, I will say, and I have long been on record going back to me as a book of not really being a fan of Dante. If they were to get him, I do see a world where it could work out. Oh, and, I, and I guess I guess that's well, like I, I didn't say he's good. I he might he bad. might not be bad. He might not be bad, and he might not be bad in a in a bookstore, is easier to bring him back. 
I think that's a very I, I don't want to I don't want to open up that we had up relitigating things from a year ago. But <laughs> remember the risks that came very different profile player, but a move the books made that you were a little upset about, Rohan, because I just a little just a little upset. And um, part of it was the kind of all the risks attached. This is very different. Younger player, he's coming off a healthy season. But I do think it's possible you could get the version of Dante where everything goes wrong. This could happen with anyone, but if that's your chips played and it's on a guy you've had a look up close and you've seen that version before, I think that'd be really, really bad for the books. Like, I think it'd be a really bad look if John Horst is like, I can't quit you, Dante DiVincenzo, and he comes back and he's just so awful. Um, which is possible, but if it happens, I wouldn't be happy, but I would admit, as I am now, like, there's a world where it can work out. I can see your vision. I can't say I believe in the vision, but I can I could see what you're kind of thinking through with it, Ron. I'll take it. Uh, okay, Ty, Ty, who's your guy? I can't quit my unproven point guards. That's who I'm going to go with. Um, I swooned over someone on the pod with Rohan. That play, one of those two players, it's so hard. I, I fall in love with these vet minimum level guys. I really do. I'm going to oh, go. Who are you going to say? I'm going to shake it up. <laughs> shake Milton for the minis. Oh, mine. we got overlap. Yeah. That was my that's, other one, too. That's my mini MLE guy. Uh, I think if Harden goes back, and it seems like he will, Shake could be on the way out of there. Uh, the Rockets, or the, not the, the, the Sixers, um, would obviously have Harden and Maxi, who at this point are really both point guards and. You know, Shake didn't really get a bunch of out. His minutes have gone down each of the last three seasons. Eight points, over three assists, like 1.2 turnovers. Shot the ball well for only the second time in his career, which is a little concerning. But he just has some juice. And he's like 27 now, I think. So, like, that's a fun flyer, man. I mean, that would be – if you if, – if I know, Adam, you want the Bucks to prove that they're really going to change up the approach and the roster and get mm-hmm. younger and more athletic – this would be fun. This would be like, okay, this is a guy who he may really be a, a good player and just hasn't really gotten to show it yet. Um, I think there's some clear upside there. I, I can, I'm going to maintain my Javon fandom, even in this world where they can get Shake Milton. Cause I think you can just slide Javon off the ball more. I think you can have both players. Nothing prevents that. But uh, I would be really, really obsessed with this flyer. I mean, he's 13 point per game player a couple of years ago when he had some more role since Harden came. He just hasn't had that. But he seems like a player who. You know, maybe he's, I think he's gotten better over that time, just really hasn't gotten to show it. Could be a, a really nice buy low candidate who, again, all of these players, we don't know what they'll end up going for, but none of these guys are players who have been like rumored to be in line for a $10 million contract somewhere. And I think if shit, you can get Shake and let him be your true backup point guard, that'd be really intriguing to me. I obviously agree with you because that was my mini MLE guy. I think. He played his most minutes with the Sixers last year. Um, but between Harden, Maxi, all that stuff, obviously Nurse too is a new coach and you know with Milton being a free agent, it's very easy that the Sixers kind of walk away from it. But I think Shake Milton kind of brings not as good, but everything that we saw with Joe Ingles, just in a more obviously younger um, a little bit more athletic body and stuff like that. Like he does fit this kind of mantra that they have 
try to chase that formally with Dante, but does it more credibly with pass, dribble, shoot. He's a very good playmaker. 240 total assists to 94 turnovers, which I was about to do with my assist to turnover ratio. Um, I'm doing this live on pod. I'm a very good podcaster. I'm very great. 2.5. Yeah. 2.5. I just think, again, to kind of keep harpy on this key key point that that needs to be established with the Bucks' offense. It's about guys that can make plays, create plays, create shots, all that stuff. And I don't know. I, I think he's always been kind of a guy that, like, doesn't get mentioned a lot, kind of falls through the cracks, especially on Philly's roster, but that is obviously a contending team, even if they haven't gotten out of the second round. And maybe he floats better at a team that could possibly achieve those <laughs> those fortunes and those aspirations. And two, like, he's an efficient player. Like, it's not like you're kind of banking on, like, a, a leap. Like, for what he is, he's going to stick around the league for a while now. Like, you know, there's a good track record that he's a good player. And I think that, I don't know, it would be an inspired signing, even if it wouldn't be like, oh, like they got Shake Milton. What? As much as we, that's how we know, would react. I, I, know, I really yeah. think we would. I mean, we would. No, these, yeah, we would. No, I get it. Us. I, yeah. I, I yeah. get your yeah. point. But I, I do think this is like about as exciting as it can get, in particularly in terms if you're looking guards who can make a real impact because. I, I'm not surprised that I say Thomas Bryant and people get on board very quickly and they shake Milton's out and it's like the options are this is slim pickings. And that is part of my concern here is that other teams and situations like the books will look at the list of free agents. They'll be like, yeah, we'd like Thomas Bryant or shake Milton. Like the books will always have a good chance because they have a compelling case named Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, but I, I think even... I, this is someone like this is kind of I guess in looking at this and weighing up Javon as the backup and what more is there. Like Jake Milton obviously has a higher offensive. I shouldn't say obviously. You guys might disagree. I don't know if you will. To me, he has a higher offensive ceiling. And there were spells, particularly last year, where he had runs starting where he kind of went on a tear. And even when I was trying to work out what's the kind of too good to be true here. And I couldn't quite get to the bottom of it other than it seems like kind of Doc just every now and then would be like, yeah, that's enough and let's change things up. And his role was de-emphasized as the season went on in spite of the fact that when he played and played really meaningful minutes, his production was very significant, like far outpacing what we're now kind of uh, with a full season looking at as his averages. He's a stretch through November, December. Like, I mean, you've got five out of six games where he's scoring more than 20 points per game. You've got nine assists, 10 assist games. But I, I think there is a guy there. The books are not going to be asking him to do anything like that, barring injury. Uh, but having someone who could be comfortable in doing that, if was asked of them, it's kind of exactly what they've been missing. And I think with we're all used to Drew and we love Drew and we know what he's good at and what he's bad at. I think a a backup point guard, combo guard even, I guess, somewhat in this case, with this kind of skill set is really important when you've got Drew. And it might just be easier said than done. You might not be able to get one. But I think in an ideal world, you've got someone who's got, look, good size. They're 
physical. He can rebound. He can block your shots, shots at times too. Just took a but, career high percentage of his looks within three feet of the rim, so he's getting to the rim more. Like that, I I uh, think he would make a ton of sense. He's a guy that honestly, when the Bucks again, not to glom on two way players and stuff like that, but when I saw that they sign Amari more and you dive into him I'm like, oh, if he turns out to be Jake Milton, that would be amazing. That would be like yeah. perfect. Yeah, I mean, like, again, that's a very shot in the dark and not all prospects are going to pan out the, you know, most optimal outcome. But, yeah, like, I I just, if, if we had talked about, like, again, this is a very strange hypothetical, but it, say if Jake Mil- Milton was a player that came out in this draft class, and you take him late in the second round, and you pick him up as a two-way player. You'd be thrilled that, like, he's, like, this guy that can do all the things that he does and everything like that. Plus, too, like, financially, like, he's coming off a pretty cheap contract. So getting MLE money, even at the M- or mini MLE um, under the new CBA, like, that is a huge step up on what he had. He kind of had a the hinky special um you know where he was and i think was he undrafted 54th overall pick yeah i was gonna say he was late when he got drafted because i remember being interested in when he kind of a weird faller we he was he was someone i remember working out with the books back when we you know got to know those things (laughs) and i remember really liking him was that was he in the brogdon draft he couldn't have been right no it was the dante draft oh right bucks have a second rounder that year I remember really liking him. I remember yeah. being, I mean, I remember him I also being him mocked. As a first he was mocked mid to late first. Yeah, very, very frequently. And then this just was, fell and uh, fell and fell. This is one of the most loaded second rounds ever, by the way. I don't want to just get into that mode of just saying guys' names, but seriously, this is all. Uh, second- you always I want do. to get into the mode. I, and I will. And I will. Second round 2018. Here's a list of players Javon Carter, Jalen Brunson, Devontae Graham, Mitchell Robinson, Gary Trent Jr. Jared Vanderbilt, Bruce Brown, Hammy Diallo, DeAnthony Melton, Svi Mihailuk, a player I will save for my next go, Shake Milton, Casas Atetokounmpo. I lost a little steam, but that's a pretty good out of 30 <laughs> second rounders. Are you, what are you, Rohan? What's this? I feel like Casas is becoming your tenacious. Yeah. He's a, he's a center. He makes more sense. He's well, younger. Let's keep, let's keep moving. Keep moving. Okay. Well, uh, Jordan, who's your other guy? Uh, for Vit, 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 Vetman? Yeah. Look at my... Well, because I stole your, I stole your mini MLE, right? Do, do we have to do Vetman? Well, I because have, I, I have two more players, I would like to say. I broke the rules. I mean, I can, I can so name... talk about who we want? I mean, that's fine. Whatever. I, I think, I think options, yeah, there's no point us leaving good players off this and talking with just the absolute, like, dregs of fine. what's out there. Fine. Who do you want to talk about, Adam? No, if Jordan if Jordan has then if it doesn't have to be that man, we can get back to mine in a second. But. My other mini MLE guy uh that I thought was interesting was Lonnie Walker, kind of the same reasons. More oh, of a yeah. scorer than um plus I, that was what uh the leaker signed him for last year, so useful player, not like I don't know. Shake seems a little bit more uh kinda up my alley. Lonnie Walker's kinda he's interesting but athletic too. But just kind of, I, I don't know, he feels like they're both known commodities. I don't know why I felt more sure about Shake than over Lonnie the fourth. I like Shake. Uh, take take Alec Burks off your list. The Pistons are picking up his $10.5 million player option. 
the latest just in, incredible just a set incredible. of decisions designed to make me question if i know anything about bath everything the pistons do i'm just like uh, but why are they gonna trade i think they just like him i think they just like his vibes his energy sure anyway, adam uh, hopefully it wasn't alec burks who's your next uh this is this is a slightly weird one. And again, this comes from it came from me having Thomas Bryant as the number one guy. I was like, this team needs to find a guard. And this is not someone who I think will be vet minimum. And I don't know if I'd want the mini mid level. And beyond that, this is a restricted free agent, so it's not not simple. But there's been some buzz that. Maybe this person's team or like they have their eyes under our point guards, and I wonder could they could they be available? It's Trey Jones. Oh, oh, that's a tough one. Ooh. That's optimistic. I, I it is optimistic. It, it would be incredible. I yeah. just don't know. I don't think it's feasible. I I don't I don't see the reason. I mean, the Spurs being the Spurs, even if they're like we'd like another point guard, they should just keep him. Yeah, he's a good backup they point should, guard. I mean, they like should that, just they should just retain him. It's probably but, what he tops out as, which is fine for the Bucks. But you ne- you never know. You never know. And the fact that there has been this kind of sense of they might be looking at different options, and also, I mean, they might have good reason for wanting a, a much more experienced point guard and maybe going a slightly different route. Um, now, obviously, with Victor Wembanyama there. He's just a guy that, again, if you're looking towards the lower end of the scale, and then even better, someone who is young, someone who, if it was to work out, you could have as a key piece and look to build something with. Uh, very, very intriguing. I, I Honestly, I can't make out exactly how it would come together, but it feels like something that's not impossible. Maybe, just maybe, the Spurs decide, no, we're going a different direction and we won't be we won't be matching offers and he becomes available. And if that was the case, I would like the books to be sniffing around in the mix because beyond that and beyond having talked about like Shake Milton or mentioning Lonnie Walker, it's so grim to see the books add guards. And that's the place where wizard, if it's not one of those guys, yeah, or you've just, you've got to make sure you're keeping Javon and you may still yeah. have some of the deficiencies that come with that. Cause you're like, uh, <laughs> You're like, is uh, is Teo Maldon word a word a flyer? I that's put, that's the I kind of place Hugo you Bassan? get. No, not for well, the year. I, I almost yeah, put Frank. Not for the year, but list. maybe that. I did too. I really wanted Wait, to, and then I just took another Frank look Milikina. at the numbers. I looked at his numbers. Like, the numbers just. I would take yeah, him as men. Uh, you know, he's a good defender. Yeah, I would like. I, I mean, I just. It's just not what they need, though. They need they need someone who's good offensively. Yeah. All in on there's always things. to your point too, Adam. There's always a couple restricted free agents that may just get dropped on yeah. their rights by their he, team. He'd have to get renounced. I mean, there's no way this players yeah, sure. aren't matching. If if this if he signs a two year, ten million dollar offer sheet, I think San Antonio goes okay, cool. And also, I don't even think you can. It gets into restricted free agency rules, so it it could be one of those that you know they extend the qualifying offer. And an offer comes in and they look at whatever other business they want to do and they get like, okay, well, this is actually our target for that and we want the money to use elsewhere and this. And then they're just like, you know what? We'll pull the offer sheet. You're an unrestricted free agent. It, it happens. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, It's unlikely, but he's someone who I would have a very close eye on if I was the books. Again, because I just don't think the point guard options are all that great. 
and they should make it their business to do that. And even more so, as is apparent here, I'm trying to like lean on the young side here. There are there are older guys who I don't know, maybe they're at the point where they're now vet min. I, this is always one of the challenges too. We could just be like, oh, maybe player X is now someone who's going to be in ring chasing mode. And then day one of free agency, they could sign like a deal that's like ten million a year. For did someone say LeBron James? Well, no. you did. No. no one else, but you sure did. I, I like Trey Jones. Um, I would be shocked. I would be surprised. Has it been a very good shooter? But with the upside he's shown as a playmaker and and scorer, that's fine. Like we can, we can. We're not getting perfect players for the mini MLE. So I can get, I can give you one vet man if we want a vet man option. I don't think this makes as much perfect sense roster wise, but centers, point guards, that's not where the vet mans are. Uh, I quite like you to Watanabe. He's on my list. And there's the the connection there from his time with the Raptors, too, that I wonder maybe Adrian Griffin could like him too. So that was that was my vet min. I I don't feel like that's really where the book should be adding to the roster. I mean, but good player, off. good shooter. Yep. Um, 39% three-point shooter, pretty mobile guy, moves well. He's like 29. Just nobody ever plays him. I don't really get it. Every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, guy looks really useful. It looks like the kind of Robert Covington player. Teams are always falling themselves over, trying to overpay and overplay. No one ever – you just never played – 16 minutes a game this year was his career high. I would love you to. I think he will be available. I think there's people out there who are like, oh, he's going to be high paid. No one ever plays him. No one ever talks about him. I, I do think that's feasible. I would be on board for sure. He's out on my list just because I don't think you can get enough wings who can credibly survive on the perimeter at least and hit shots. And it's always nice to add another one. I mean, we're excited about Andre Jackson and Marjan. You know, say like you, Jordan said, Amari Moore versus like Shake. You want to have both. Like you're you're allowed to have depth and and stockpile stuff for the future and develop and have playable guys. Um, so I mean, I think Marjon should and will play this year. But I'm not going to not sign a promising wing player because you know they drafted someone at 36 overall. I just don't think that's a good thought process. Are we playing vet min? Uh... Throughout names, Rohan, do you, have, do you have any more ML, mini MLEs? I don't know. My I mean, last guy's probably vet men, to be honest, too. It's it's like it's a bunch of guys where it's like, do you want to ring chase for the mini MLE like Kelly Oubre or someone like that? I'm like, good, actually. I would rather not pay him any money. I don't want him. <laughs> I don't like your list at all. I was about to say this is this is tough. Ron, I want you to name more names because this is going yeah. great so far. Russ has got to be in here somewhere. Based no, on it's, he's wow. not. He's not. Um, I know the, the name Kevin Love has been floated in discussions. Okay, okay, that's fine. I mean... I'm not super thrilled about that. Yeah, I don't really... That's fine. It's just, yeah, it's okay. Like, that's I, what I, you I, have to do if you lose. Rook. Yeah, that's like... A, that's what or, it feels or, like. Or maybe Bobby and you don't have anything lined up and you just need more bigs. You know who's a big? Wenyan Gabriel. Oh, okay. Sure. Oh. I like Wenyan. I, I don't versatile... I think he's a four, not a five. They played him as a five, but Yeah, you get like he he's like a tweener forward. So it's like you get a little bit of like flexibility there, some versatility. Sure, he's not best suited to be a five, but he's a big guy and can actually yeah. like use that to his advantage at times. Awesome it's guy like, too, yeah. by the way. Players love Wenyan Gabriel. 
can you can you convince him to like come back to Wisconsin, uh, ring chase for a bit? I don't know what his market is necessarily going to be like. He's not the best shooter, but can he can he be a guy who goes out there and makes impact plays? Absolutely, he can. So yeah. I, I I'd be down for Wenyon. Jalen McDaniel's maybe mm. he's too. I feel like he's in the um, camp of too rich for a vet man, but too kind of risky for a video because you're really banking on one year that he makes a a decent leap. And he was kind of a trade guy, uh, uh, trade bait or yeah, he did get traded. He got traded to Philadelphia. What am I talking about? Um, for very little, which I do think kind of indicates your market and free agency yes. as well. It did yeah. not take much to get him to the Sixers. It was a uh, Rudy Gay expiring in a future second. Oh, sorry. That was a uh, John Collins, which is <laughs> the worst trade I've seen in a long time. Who was uh, um, apparently the Bucks had uh, internal discussions about? Which is I like, would too if it was that, yeah. if that was the price. If like, that was the price. It was, it was probably. Did you hear what the Hawks are going to say? Wait, do you think we <laughs> look at these guys? Do, yeah. do we have a trade exception sitting around anywhere? Do we have? Can we just take him? We'll take him. That'd be nice. We'll have him for free, I guess. It's pretty crazy. Um. I think that's pretty much all my like guys that maybe mini MLE. I've got I've got a this is more vetman I think another spur. I got very excited about Rohan can't guess. I got very excited about this player on our podcast. Oh, I think I know who it is. Who do you think? Should I call it Kada Bates Diop? Kada Bates Diop. Uh, finally started hitting the threes. Six foot eight, twenty eight year old I believe uh, forward. Good size, moves well. Just put in a year with the, actually was put in three years with the Spurs. Initially was a Timberwolf. Um, I don't know if the shooting's real, but if you're talking about like athletic guys who move well, had a just about two to one assist turnover. He didn't assist much, but you know doesn't doesn't turn the ball over. Just feels like a good Bucksy forward. And if they got him on Vet Man, I'd be like, wow, that's a pretty exciting you know forward depth signing. Uh, I, I like the way he plays. What if Mo Bamba gets waived? Non guaranteed this next year. I just feel like we do this all the time. I know. I'm, I I'm, I'd, I'm more like Jock Landale. Oh, yeah. I, I, for all the Suns guys, I just assume they're going to overpay to keep them because that's the only way they can have depth. And I'm not a big Jock well, guy. They're not try- well, well, I really I'm, liked Jock in the Olympics. Well, I liked him in the Olympics. I wasn't putting oh. a whole lot of stock. I was excited when. I was like, oh, maybe the Bucks will, you know, really put something into this. I remember him playing in Summer League, but I don't put stock in that, as you know, Jordan. Jack, Jack. Uh, what, what about Max Struess? Oh, yeah, see, um, kind oh, of. I... So the thing with Miami, um, rumor from Florida Sports Reporter today, they were thinking about waving and stretching Kyle Lowry, which would... Low key, I think just be disastrous for if they wave him in. I think that's bad. Like he was kind of useful. It doesn't help them open up. It's just like a tax thing. If they do it, if they if they do, welcome to Milwaukee, Kyle Lowry. That's uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he'd be one of the better point guard options in free agency. He's not he great. would, but let's let's change. Let's I know, get young. I know. Let's get young. Let's just, I'm, I'm down to get young. I, I'm let's so over this. I just uh, as everywhere we can. I'll. I'll say goodbye to lots of players. Anyone who isn't Chris or Brooke, as I said, as much as I'm like, eh, we'll just keep Joe Ingles. Just get rid of all the olds. What about bring some bring some youth in? Would you guys rather get Struess or Gabe Vincent? Vincent. 
Well, I'd prefer Vincent too. I don't know if I buy the shooting, but I think he's good enough offensively for it not to matter. He kind of feels that. I don't think he's a playmaker. I think he's a very score first minded yeah. kind of guy. I think he's honestly like he is a little bit a boost offensively um, than like Javon, just because he can create his own shot a little bit more. He's very streaky. Like some games, yeah. you're like, oh my god, the Bucks have seen it plenty, and some other teams in the playoffs did too. Mm-hmm. I think Struce is more consistent, but as Adam, you've laid out less of a position of need. Athletic. Yeah, yeah. I just also. They're probably both going to get a lot of money, right? I, don't I know. think Vincent, Vincent for sure has got to get Vincent, a I want to the probably... Buzz was, the buzz that I heard from Windhorse was the opposite pretty recently. I was going to say, Struis kind of fits the mm. mold of what teams are always going to go for in free agency. Guy that can shoot threes, super athletic. Like He's not like the greatest defender, but plays hard on that end. The Bucks don't have real money, so it wouldn't really be yeah. like this. Um I don't think this is the point that you think I was going to make, Jordan. I actually think both guys have pretty bad contract potential outside of Miami. Yes. They're both guys yeah. where, like, the stuff they've done well is is streaky. Like, Struis has had some bad shooting seasons. Vincent really hasn't had a very good three-point shooting season. He's just had the playoff run. Um, it's like Delvadova Toledovich stuff. Well, yeah, that's look the... at Davis Bertans got, like, this huge deal. <laughs> oh, and they yeah. Have- Flipped two years later Dun- on draft night. Duncan Robinson, it happened without even switching teams, although he, he yeah. looked good again kind of in the playoffs. He suddenly could slash. That's weird. But, yeah. um, I mean, listen, I'll say either either Miami, those two Miami guys, for the mini MLE, I, I would try them. I think they're both – they have potential. They're, I think they're good players. I, I think they probably look a little better in Miami than they would in most other places. But they're intriguing players. If Miami is really in like, oh, we're worried about the tax mode, and maybe both of them are playing on different teams next year. We'll see. Yeah. Ron, you've got more names. Come on. We know we know you've got <laughs> Actually, more. Actually, I think I got I got one more name. Okay, let's hear it, Jordan. Because I don't know if he I think he's not gonna I don't know, he's kind of a tough one to peg to. Dario Saric. Mm. He's a good player. I don't know if he's too old for fits. Adam. Adam's out on he, this guy, the old guys. Well, I think I think Two, it's like it's kind of a Bobby thing. If they didn't have Bobby, I think I'd be like, oh, I would roll the dice on Dario. He looked pretty good post first year coming back from injury. He's a fine player. He's not like going to make a lot of money. But if you get him, you're like, oh, that's a good, you know, four of depth signing that, you know, let's who knows how he factors in playoff wise. But like, I don't know. I like his skill set a lot. I just. I don't know. I'd have major questions. It's a at weird this fit point. with the Bucks. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear Tori and Prince could get waived. That's kind of interesting. Wouldn't yeah. be the Tory top Prince of, my, of my list. Puts up very good numbers consistently. I don't think he helps winning basketball, and teams are never that keen on no. keeping him around. No one treats him as essential. Here's here's a name. Now that now that there's been a coaching change, Dennis Schroeder. No. Oh God! I don't. I, personally, I want to say I do not. I do not support that. Well, he just said it though. <laughs> I'm I'm just throwing names out there. Let's well, throw better names out there. That's. 
it's that's, it's slim pickings that's yeah, the but... name though that stokes the fire the i hate from. him yeah I same mean, <laughs> i i just don't think like i understand why you're saying now there's a different coach you know what i think bud was right on dennis schroeder so yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't just discount that and be like oh well maybe you know he doesn't already hate this coach and this coach doesn't already hate him so let's let's bring this in because it might just be a matter of months for all that happens i plus i I don't it's kind of fun that he just like disappears somewhere and then shows up and is suddenly a crucial lakers role player every march i kind of enjoy it it kind of makes me laugh at them even though they had a good you know playoff run it makes me laugh at them in a fun way that like you need like drifter Dennis Schroeder to save your season to a certain extent. I hope it happens again. I hope he goes and plays in Botswana look, and then comes like, back. When that happens, he's like, look who comes crawling yeah. back. He's like, do you want to get back? live with your everybody, own failure. Yeah, Where did everybody you bring thinks back to me? They don't need Dennis, and yet they need Dennis. But then he becomes a menace again, and you, re- you realize why you didn't have him all along. Adam, I want to ask you about a player. I, I, Patrick Beverly. I, he's on my list. It's old. It's really you know, fine. he was not as good, but you want like to stay old, Ron, right? That's, no, I don't. That's the vibe I'm getting here. I do not. Adam, I I will for for the record. I still kind of expect the books to lean older, and I just think that's yes, because that's, that's the that's very win now top process. Do, yeah. But they should look at, for example, a team like the Heat. That's not how the Heat built a roster that was able to beat them. I I don't think that's how it works anymore, and I think teams kind of default to. Oh, that guy's a good player. He's been around a lot. He knows it's it's that's not the ideal way to build a roster anymore. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that's the route the books go. It just feels like it has to be the point where they move away from that. Or at least mix and match. Have you, got? have you gotten to watch Misic at all? No, not really. He's I know a, of him, but I haven't I haven't got to watch. Euroleague kind of combo guard player who the Thunder have the draft rights. It sounds like he wants to come over, but he doesn't really want to play for the Thunder. I have no idea what it's going to cost to get his draft rights out of there. Um, or if he's willing to take like a second round pick contract, like he could end up being a mini MLE guy to a certain extent, but intriguing player, obviously not NBA proven, but has been one of the top Euro league, you know, players who could come over to the NBA for a couple of years now could, could be a bucks move as well. It would be a real break from, I think how the books generally approach these things which again is would be welcome like we've reached the point you've got to get creative you've got to find something somewhere it just hasn't really seemed like horse mo hasn't seemed like the books mo going back before that when horse was a figure in a different front office so i'd be surprised but plus if a second round pick is what the thunder want you trade one to get andre jackson you know like we're at that point where things are very thin and on the draft pick front that that's one less asset that you can make. Oh, let's do that. And hand out like it, it's kind of a one, two that you have to do, but it, it hinges on that one. And it's, I don't know. It's a tough one. He's wanted to come to the NBA for a while now. And I think this year feels like it's likely or the most likely, if it's not this year, I don't think it'll ever happen, but you know, I'd love to come to the NBA too, Jordan. And they just yeah. my number never gets called. He's a six foot five, twenty nine year old guard. He's been playing in in Turkey um, in for Euroleague and eighteen points a year ago, about sixteen points this year, 
five. Is it Fenerbahce still? No. So, um, it's, I think Anadolu Efes. Yeah, Anadolu Efes. Yeah. I was just I knew Ty was avoiding saying a team name, so yeah. I was going to put he, some. I, oh, I know Fenerbahce. I know Fenerbahce. Um, used to play for Bayern Munich. Um, did you guys ready, I ready for some names? I'm going to shoot them out like Bango's little cannon. Okay. Medved names. Aaron Holiday. Yeah. Nepotism, just... but also a pretty good basketball player. I kind of think Drew doesn't we're, like his brothers. We're like moving on from really. brothers. We're moving like on. Never really. No, we're moving on from one brother to maybe getting another one. <laughs> no, no. Just brothers are out. Brother from the same mother. Uh, next name. Damian Lee. But you were going to say Damian Lillard. We're talking about no. more nepotism, <laughs> just different nepotism. Steph Curry's yeah. brother-in-law. That is true. It's the future recruiting pitch. Next name, Stanley Johnson. No. Next I, name. I like him, but not for the Bucks. No. Next name, Derek Jones Jr. I thought about that. Feels very... Again, if we're going to project stuff onto Adrian Griffin, it's like, oh, you know, those... Those long limbs, that, that athleticism might be interesting. I don't know if he can play basketball at all still. At this I think point, he's really. still. I'm, he can play. I'm, he can't shoot, but he can play. I yeah. I a, don't know what what is fine. he as a player though. I don't. I can't work. Athletic. That's not he's, good enough. He's he he maybe should play another sport. He's probably good like a lot. He is really. Oh, he'd be so good at volleyball. He's got really he, long. Derek Jones Jr. Do you want to play volleyball with me? <laughs> do you want to, want, want to be an Olympic high jumper? I feel like you might be good yeah, at that. That's crazy. Yeah. Airplane mode. Yeah. Airplane mode. Uh, I said Dario Saric, Daniels, Thomas Bryant. Uh, Drew Eubanks. Yeah. He does exist. We've reached that portion <laughs> of the names. He's better. He's a better setter than Nerlens Noel. George so, yeah. Hill. I did see his name as a free. I like I just know it seems like they they could easily have to do that because the options are so bad, and it's just like I, stop have, doing the year on year. I, just, I, I don't, don't care. I know, I know, I know. I agree with you. We don't do it to George again, too. Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. like the Wesley Matthews thing. It's like don't bring the guy back. Only to have to trade him again at some point. It's just let's let's just leave him be. Hi, Gibson. Is he still an NBA player? Yeah. He not retired? Seriously? He, was he, played, he was on the Wizards year. last year. Yeah. Is he 35 now? 38. 38? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no. I think I was leading in on the bit. Did DeAndre guys... Jordan. Now, did you guys see my Twitter poll today? No. No, no but tell me more <laughs> about it, please. Should the Bucks acquire this player? Turns 28 before the season. Fresh off a of postseason. Averaging 11.6 points, 2.2 rebounds, 1.8 assists, and 0.8 turnovers. Shot 46% from the field and 48% from three. And they can, I, I have they can for sure acquire this, this player. It's Dylan I mean, Brooks. I, I, is it? no, no, it's it's Grayson Allen. It is Grayson Allen. Oh. And I tricked 80% of Bucks fans who cannot stop including this guy in trades for the shittiest, least inspiring wings ever into saying they should get him. He had a good playoffs. I just he did. I'm not in a you rush to trade. You showed them, anyone. Ty. I you did. Showed them. I feel like I did. It's a good moment for me. People figured it out pretty fast, but 79 percent of the of voters. I'll, I'll trade him if the if the right trade comes along. See you later, oh, yeah. Grace. Listen, I'm not. Listen, I'm not I'm actively not shopping him. Yeah. but I would be asking teams. You know, 
Would you like a Grayson? What would you give us for a Grayson? Yeah, that's fine. Um, to be clear, I'm not saying he's untradeable, but I keep seeing like, you know, oh, we could send Grayson and Bobby Portis for John Collins. I'm actually good. I I, I don't want to do that. I don't. I would have sent Bobby for John Collins. Then the money doesn't work. Made that work. No, yeah. if they could have made it work, I would have. I would have sent a, a sleeve of Mentos for John Collins. The Hawks would have taken traded, it. He was traded for Smarties. <laughs> good lord. I just um, I've, I've seen too many trades. It's just like here's a random other wing player, and it's like cool. I think Grayson's probably better. Well, yeah, but that's also what you've got to take with that. And this is the reality for the books. They don't have many tradable players. So no, many tradable salaries. I'm not saying so don't he's, trade he's him. going to. If I was starting, like, who am I going to trade? You're starting with Bobby and Grayson, yeah. and you're like, might yeah. have to trade Pat. It's like they're they're the only. I, that's again, how you're making deals. Again, I understand that. I am on board with that. There are some trades where, I, so yeah, that's interesting. I don't think you should trade Bobby and Grayson just to trade them. Like, I just think. I've uh, seen too many fine. that are just yeah. purely like I don't think that player is actually better. It doesn't help you win more. I get the impulse though because yeah, of how last season ended and because the avenues to improvement are so limited. Yeah, it's... but just make sure the trade actually makes you better and isn't just shuffling deck chairs, you know, on a newsworthy ship. I think to a, a, an important point to make um, is that if you combine two or three players, whether it's Bobby, Grayson, Pat, those are more bullets than you're spending in trades. And therefore, it's harder to to do it where you're not taking from the spine of the team. And that's where, we're, again, we're threading a very delicate needle right now. Yeah, I, I would want the player who comes back to have a case to close games if I'm trading both of those guys. Oh, I, agreed, agreed. I'm not... I think though it that's where we're we're not talking about like a guy that's I don't know. I think it would be very uninspiring to be like, let's get a guy that's gonna be a you know, a deadline guy, a Boyan like oh, let's yeah. use Boyan for I'm out on both of them. You could use either of them. They both work financially. But they're those are gonna be guys that are gonna be okay, they're gonna be good every two or three years, they're gonna get be trade bait and let's try to drive up the price and it's like I don't know. I'm not trading I, him for Bojan. I'm not trading him for Bogdan. I'm not trading him for uh, Hunter. Bogdan. None of them. I'm I'm not trading him for those kind of guys. But again, what I will say, like Jordan, your analogy is you're kind of spending two bullets there. We're approaching the time where what are you saving bullets for? I mean, I, I. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> Who? No, no. Sorry, I meant to do Sean Connery and the Untouchables. <laughs> Who brings a knife to a gunfight? I don't know why he made him Australian. I, I honestly, he's got he's got the worst Irish accent ever in Untouchables. So you going that way was interesting. Um, if <laughs> if the Rohan, books, Sean Connery the, was an actor most known yeah, for playing James Bond. Yeah, it's called We Hit. That let's two not bring I James thought it, I thought Bond his into most, this. Uh, I thought his most memorable was Ro. an LXG. What's LX- that? Gee, <laughs> <some> extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what he's most known for. Have you Rohan. seen that movie? Let's, can we keep zooming it? Can we start with? Please, please. That's what it's called. It's called LXG. Like, I'm not, Who I'm not calls making it LXG. 
Oh my goodness! Here, am I gonna have I to? Oh my goodness! <laughs> says the guy who didn't know Sean Connery was James Bond. I knew that. Oh, you just thought he was better known for LXG. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. what if, it's literally if... called on the poster. <laughs> Why do you acknowledge? I, I don't think a lot of people know what the poster. <laughs> oh, he's was. got receipts. That's a poster. This uh, is, is like a real poster. This is like anyway, the only yes. old music you knew was in excess. Like this makes no sense oh, yeah. that you have this knowledge on demand. But yeah. every other film, oh, never, never. I heard believe of it. that is. I will say it is noteworthy for the fact that I believe that is Sean Connery's last movie. The League of Extraordinary League Gentlemen, Extraordinary also Gentlemen? promoted as that. LXG. First line of the Wikipedia. Wow. Is it also Redemption. the last line of the Wikipedia for that film? Or? Redemption no. is spelled R-O-H-A-N. Wow. Nice. Rohan. Damn. What is this final film? Snow Zardoz. Yeah, okay. If we just get Snow back Zardoz. on track for a second. <laughs> I do think if the books can navigate the next week, keeping Chris and Brooke, it's the trade that is going to make or break them at some point is going to be trading two of those three guys or yeah. two of three guys in that type, which is, is, is really, really anticlimactic. But I do think when we get to that point, whatever that deal is, it will either be the one that will deliver the books into their championship and maybe keep the show on the road, or that could really lead to their downfall because they just end up out of options for how to improve the team again. So, whether they whether they spend that this off season, I don't know. But that I would, I guess that adds to your point. I would, I would ask people to keep that in mind when looking at the kind of options of package those guys together, because I get it's the move to make. But when that move is made, it's it better be the right year. one, and uh, you better get multiple years out of it. It can't I... just be. Yeah, Rentals. I agree with that. Um, I still think they, if they thread the second needle, the ne- second apron, thread the needle on the second apron the next two years, uh, the 2024 swing for a young co-star plan is still alive. Drew on an expiring, Chris under contract, two future oh. firsts, a first on draft day, two, three young wings on the roster, you know, whatever first role players. Huh? First on draft day? They'll have a first to trade next year. The whatever pick. They'll have a pick. Oh, I mean, the pick swap. That's right. It's tied with the pick swap. Yeah. So they'll, they'll have a draft day pick and two future firsts because the the seven-year window will get pushed back enough. So they could trade 29 and 31 if they're under the second apron. So three Which, firsts, young players, like good role players. Like there's, there's something there. I still think that makes sense. Also, you know, not to look forward to, you know, Shot and Florida for another team. What did New Orleans pick this year? 13? Well, yeah, they're not going to swap it. I mean, they don't have to. See, New Orleans might be really bad again. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think they. There's they a lot of Zion Discord. I don't know. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Sorry. Wrap up the pod. We can't. We can't I've, got, Zion. I've got, I've got oh, one no. last important note. One last Uh-oh. important note. Is it a name? Is it. Oh no. Andre Drummond? No, it's the Alan Moore's comic Drummond. book series was known as L O E G. Oh boy. So yeah. I I don't know I don't know whoever in marketing went to L X G. You know, just just hey, completely the, I mean, disregarded spelling, decorum, decency. Who knows? Have you seen the film? 
bro. <laughs> Why did, you know why did that come to mind? Where did that pull even come from? My mind is a strange place. Were you even alive we're, when it was in we're. theaters? When was that movie? You yeah, alive. 2003. 2000, oh, it was three? That's I a no then, right? Barely sentient. I was alive. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I have random knowledge. I would love if Ron was like, yeah, because that was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. I think the first movie uh, I, I had Peter's the poster on my way. It was Finding Nemo, uh, I think. That's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, it makes me feel old as shit, so let's wrap up. But, uh, <laughs> okay, if you guys movie. are still hanging around here two hours later, uh, props oh, to you. Vogue just had a homer against the Brewers. That's unfortunate. Sorry, I think yeah. it's um, VXG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this uh, crossover GSPN episode. Uh, make sure you check out gspn.info for all our links. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this, whether that's on your podcast platform of choice, where you should leave a five-star rating and review, or on YouTube, make sure you subscribe there. Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, check out gspn.info for all our links. We will have you covered for e- free agency starts this Friday. We will have you covered in some way or another. Uh, make So make sure, again, that you subscribe so that uh, you do not miss anything that comes. Hopefully, it's Chris and Brooke re-signing to new deals, but we shall see. Uh, pod random, and we will talk to you next time.